Okay, so supposedly the stream yeah, and the recording it. is going. Was scary there for the moment. OBS froze up on me. No drop frames. Okay, so um, welcome back, guys, uh, to what might be a very interesting session of Star Trek Adventures Ophion. Um, I only have one really announcement and one just kind of forewarning uh, about this session. Uh, so the first announcement is, uh, for those unaware, uh, we are accepting guest character applications uh, for February 24th. Uh, basically, if you wanted to shoot the shit with these guys or you wanted to do kind of a get your feet wet in the uh, Star Trek Adventure system, uh, this is a, a perfect opportunity to do such. Um, the application link, uh, I've put it on Twitter, I've put it in the video description link. It's pretty much all over the place, but if you can't find it, feel free to shoot me a message and I'll gladly PM it to you. Um, applications do close February 1st, so if you are interested in that, you have about a week to get it in. Um, the only other kind of point of order is uh, the session to begin with will be a split party. Um, I know some people uh, kind of don't like when that happens, but uh, I don't think there's any way of getting around it in this situation. So... Just bear with us. Um, I'll try to keep everyone engaged, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but unless anyone has any announcements of their own, we're actually going to start with a log from Commander Beckett. All right, Beckett, whenever you're ready, go for it. Stardate 54982.7, Chief Medical Officer's log. Uh, sometimes it pays to be the Chief Medical Officer. I've had the honor and the privilege of commanding the first Starfleet vessel, well, a portion of it, to scan a system in the Andromeda Galaxy. This system, which I'm sure will have a long alphanumeric designation shortly, contains a binary star with suns the size of Rigel A. The sheer size of these solar objects is staggering. That's not even mentioning the planets. I've had Commander... McTurk running every scan he can think of to gather any and all information we can we can get on this system. If I have to be here, I might as well learn something. Within the next hour, I will give the order to return to the subspace node to reunite with Beta Section. My crew, comprising mostly of Gamma Shifters, has performed admirably, and even though I'm not a mind reader, I can feel the sense of pride that Gamma Shift has that they were the ones who got to go exploring. It is also good to see Lieutenant Lindholm has flourished here. Good to see she's also getting enough rest. In regards to the subspace node containing the planet killers and our only way back to the Milky Way, we've determined it is a small enough and in an area of space void enough that odds of someone coming across it are near impossible. This is still troublesome to me. Though these weapons may not be able to be found on the Andromeda side of the gateway, the chances of the Gateway being discovered in the Milky Way are way more likely. I'm extremely hesitant to leave these weapons for anyone to be able to find. Okay. I, oh, go I'm, ahead. I'm still going. I was taking a dramatic pause. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Couldn't tell. Um, I do not look forward to the rather important decision that we have that will have to be made by the captain. Personally, I feel the correct course of action is to utterly destroy the gate. No one should have these weapons, nor the ability to recreate them. I feel even the Federation that I love and would give my life for should not have the ability, have the ability to have these weapons. Should the captain decide differently, I will comply with his decision, but will make it known that the actions of the USS Ophion 
will be taken with the official objection of its chief medical officer. End log. Okay. All right. So, uh, as uh, you might have gathered, we are going to start the session uh, on the bridge of Alpha section. And uh, as you can see, uh, you have uh, several characters from Gamma Shift there. Uh, but let me let me read what I've got on them so far. So, uh, obviously, Beckett, uh, you and Gamma Shift over the past few days have done some good work. And you've gotten to know the individuals on the bridge quite well. Uh, the first is Lieutenant Commander Tai. Uh, she is of Asian descent and has a wicked sense of intuition. Uh, the Helms officer, uh, Lieutenant Wine, uh, is from Eastern Europe, supposedly, and is otherwise a rather competent pilot that might even rival Sona's abilities. Uh, the third uh, is your old pal, Lieutenant Lindholm. Uh, she's been rather quiet, but uh, you remember most of her background from when she was on Alpha Shift, and as you said, she's getting enough sleep these days. Uh, finally, there is, uh, Lieutenant Commander McTurk. Uh, the Grang Scott is as stubborn as a mule, but he really knows his stuff. Uh, right now, you're all debating amongst yourselves what to do with your remaining hour before you need to return to the subspace portal. And, uh, just as a kind of warning for anyone watching, uh, either live or recording, uh, I am going to attempt horrible accents for some of these people. I will apologize in advance if they seem insensitive. Um, so, uh, the, we kind of start with the conversation mid, mid sentence and McTurk is saying something along the lines of last, I'm telling you, we've got to go scan this class Y demon planet. It has something that would really be of use to us here. And, uh, Ty kind of looks questioningly at him and says, but if we do that, we can't go get scans of gold alpha. Oh, small side note here. Um, the Gamma Shift has taken to calling this system uh, the Gold System. So Gold Alpha would be the star, Gold 2 would be a planet, etc., etc. And then uh, Wine just kind of turns in his chair to look back at everyone and says, I mean, personally, I'm okay with whatever the commander thinks is more interesting. Uh, what say you, uh, Commander Beckett? Uh, personally... Uh, I feel that we should probably um, scan Gold Alpha. Uh, getting a scan of the star and what kind of radiation it's pumping out is probably more important than checking out a planet that, well, we can't go on anyways. McTurk kind of grumbles to himself, but it's nothing really audible or decipherable. Uh, but Ty looks really happy that you've decided on this, and she says, uh, Right away, sir. Uh, Mr. Wine, if you would do the honors. Hi, ma'am. And uh, Wine turns around, begins to type, in, or not type, but tap on the console. And uh, you guys begin approaching the corona of Gold Alpha. And uh, it's worth noting that, uh, in case you missed in the log, uh, Gold Alpha is one of two massive blue suns in the system. Um, stars of this size are somewhat uncommon, and one's in a binary pairing even more so. And, uh, you know, it's, it mostly comes down to uh, what sort of roles the Gamma Shift gets. Um, so, would anyone care to roll for our lovely supporting character, McTurk? See how he does. Okay. I'll actually find his sheet. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's under supporting characters. Yep. Uh, what was the roll? Uh, the roll will be uh, Reason plus Science. 
And, uh, oh, uh, someone will also need to roll for the ship. The ship is sensors plus science. And the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. One of the ship. Yeah, if you want to do the ship, that'd be great. Um, and the difficulty for scanning gold alpha is a difficulty one. All right, so Ophion's not helping anyone today. Uh, but uh, you guys get a momentum from Mecturic. Good job, Mecturic. So uh, he turns around and uh, he says, uh, Sir, I'm... Uh, no, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm just going to do a normal voice. Uh, sir, I'm able to determine uh, that uh, this O-type star will one day become a red supergiant. And uh, best estimates is that it will eventually end its stellar life by exploding as a type 2 supernova. Uh, though, not to worry, uh, based on these scans, such an event is so far into the future, it's not worth worrying about. Uh, it's only recently, in a cosmic sense, uh, begun burning helium in its core. And then uh, a few minutes pass, and then Ty kind of goes, yes, got it. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Ty, would you care to share with the rest of the class? Oh, um, sorry, sir. Uh, well, uh, she blushes a little bit. I managed to get us a, a very nice external shot of the Ophion that we can share with people back home. Interesting. Um, as, uh, the kids would say in history, you took a selfie. In a sense, sir, that would be correct. Very well. Uh, I'm sure the captain would love a new blown-up picture for his ready room. Um, matter of fact, make sure you do that before we meet back up with the, the other two parts of the ship. Make it into a poster size. And he's kind of gesturing like size with his hands. Okay. And then put it in the captain's ready room. I can cert I'd be happy to do that, sir. Um Commander McTurk, did you get anything else on the other star? Uh one moment. Uh give me another uh and this is just because you guys might need momentum, I'm not really sure. Um go ahead and roll me another sensors plus science for the ship and another reason plus science for McTurk. All right, so one momentum from the ship. Reason plus science. Come on, where is it? I just did this. All right, so yeah, it's a grand total of one momentum overall. Um, so uh, Mechturic just kind of taps away at his console, and he says, uh, based on what I'm seeing, sir... Uh, the gold beta star is a little bit more along its path of stellar life cycle, but it is similar enough to gold alpha that there's really no distinguishing or otherwise important things of note, sir. I mean, uh, unless you, well, then. I mean, unless you want like a spectrographic readout, sir, which I'd be happy to comply with. Well, I mean. We've got an hour, so might as well might as well learn everything we can about this area uh, before we go back through. Understood, sir. 
So uh, you guys in Alpha section spend the next 30 to 45 minutes doing scans of the stars. And you come away with some interesting data that stellar cartography and astrophysics will probably be pouring over for at least the next couple weeks, if not like a month. Um, but sadly enough, your time in the Andromeda galaxy starts to draw to a close. And it's getting to be about that time where you have to start heading back to the subspace node. Okay. Um, I'll have... Um, yeah, pretty much just have everybody package everything back up. Um, get a all clear from uh, McTurk, Ty, and Lindholm about their three sections. And then we'll... I'll tell Wayne to go back through the through the uh, gateway. Okay. So, uh, as that happens, we cut to the uh, quote-unquote battle bridge of beta section. And uh, I actually have a, a small bit of blurb here as I make sure everything is right. Okay. Um, so, uh, Skull, Locke, Murthrin... Uh, you guys have been aboard the beta section of the Ophion uh, alongside some of the best and brightest engineers and scientists that the Ophion's crew has to offer. Um, you've been working around the clock to come up with some way of disposing of the derelict planet killers. And uh, I believe, Captain, you have a personal log? Mm -hmm. Captain's personal log, stardate 549... I'm at the point where I suppose all new captains must face at some point, where a crucial decision must be made in which all sides have compelling arguments both for and against. Is an entire galaxy worth of discoveries or worth the potential risk to Federation safety and security? It doesn't help that there is vocal dissent within my senior staff. No matter which choice I make, there will be objections filed. I've worked hard to earn their respect over these last few months. Will I have to start again? I only wish I paid closer attention while on the Honduras when such things occurred. Uh, there appears to be no magical option C, despite around-the-clock efforts by the engineering and science divisions. Every option has been considered from attempting to destabilize the molecular bonds to replicate and then hit the planet eaters with a massive hammer. <laughs> Locke and the science team are trying to find a switch for Pandora's Gate, as it's been called, but are equally unable to find a non-permanent solution. I'm not entirely sure what a dimmer switch is, but that seemed to be the most promising lead until Science Lab 3 caught fire and all progress ceased. Madam Q's constant reappearances aren't helping much, but at least she's far friendlier and less bombastic than the Q that Picard has had dealings with. One might almost say that she's charming, much like my pet cat probably viewed me as charming, I guess. However, her presence is at times overbearing and, and, and intrusive. But that's a par on course with any Q, I suppose. I've spent the last four days in this subspace null, engrossing myself in every piece of Federation and Starfleet literature and philosophy the computer can recommend. It comes down to opportunity versus security, or perhaps more plainly, courage versus fear. Which does Starfleet promote more? And worse, what if I disagree with them? 
The, dis the deadline is approaching. I suppose I can't put this off much longer. If this is the first and only time we experience the Andromeda Galaxy, then I greatly look forward to seeing what Beckett and Gamma Shift have found. End log. Okay. So, uh, as the captain has uh, dutifully informed you, um, the other kind of note uh, is that Q has shown up uh, a few times uh, during your time in the subspace node. Uh, mostly she seems to uh, appear whenever the captain is in the middle of deliberating something on the bridge. Uh, she sometimes appears at uh, the station across from Locke on the bridge. and uh, But there's also some times where she shows up in engineering, just kind of sits there with a bucket of popcorn. Doesn't really say anything, but, you know, she's there for a show. Um, so I did want to ask, uh, Locke, would you be on the bridge or would you be in engineering, uh, working with the others at this point? I think I'd be on the bridge trying to okay. do my best to science my, my way through the, the gate. Okay. Um, so I did want to give you guys, uh, a opportunity to come up with some techno babble type solutions. Um, but I did want to have you guys, uh, all on the same page. So there's four facts you need to keep in mind. Um, each intact planet killer is about 2,500 meters long. And due to the size and density of its pure neutronium hull, a normal tractor beam is not going to have really any effect. Uh, however, with that said, there is precedence in tractor technology that is capable of di diverting even stellar core fragments. Uh, kind of a small history lesson here. So in 2368, uh, the Enterprise-D used a multi-phase tractor beam for just such an occasion. And basically by combining uh, visor technology and high-energy pulses, you can boost the tractor beam up to 390% over standard levels. It's something that really should have been standard on all ships, in my opinion, but for some reason, they didn't roll that out for the rest of the fleet. Um, so even if you were to make this tractor modification, um, this additional pushing power is not quite enough to get an intact planet killer up to warp speed. And at maximum impulse speeds, it would take a starship 10 years just to move a planet killer one light year. And finally... Uh, the only known thing capable of destroying a planet killer for good, at least as far as you all know, uh, is a singularity. Uh, either a natural or an artificial black hole would do so, so as long as it was of sufficient size. Um, so with all that said, I am going to move us to engineering. And uh, Skull, Locke, if you want to jump into the conversation at any point, just shout. Um, but, uh, right now in particular, uh, you have Xenixia, Mirthrin, Prague, and Padilla, uh, are all currently discussing possibilities. So the floor is yours. <clears throat> okay, okay, um, did we get any results back on the, um, attempt to shrink the subspace gateway at all? Prague looks at a... I would imagine like the entire table is almost covered in pads, oh, but he yeah. he picks Dayton's up like everywhere. Yeah, he he looks through his pads and finally picks up one. He says, 
Uh, well, uh, unless you want to implode the node, which is a possibility, uh, no, uh, there's, we haven't been able to figure out a way to shrink it. Okay. Mm. And then sort of, Merzron sort of rubs the bridge of his nose and sort of gets a bit of the sleep out of his eyes. Is there anything we haven't tried yet? So anything we discounted right at the start as being too outlandish? Zenixia raises one of her hands. Go ahead, Zenixia. Well, I'm, I initially considered this idea to be crazy based on what I've been able to learn of uh, both the crew here and of uh, Federation Customs, but I did have a very outlandish idea. Let's hear it. So I've been reading the logs from Voyager, uh, more specifically the logs around Stardate uh, 5100.3.7. Um, apparently, a deflector can be modified to emit a resonant graviton beam, and this beam is capable of opening a portal to what is called fluidic space. Could we possibly shove all the planet killers into fluidic space? Mesron sort of sits back and thinks about it for a while. I mean, once the rift was opened, would if I remember correctly, that those rifts are large enough to fit. That might work. Lock chimes in over the comm link. We could certainly open a rift right immediately over top of a planet killer. We'd have to open a lot of rifts. Can such a rift be done in a subspace null? Uh, Zenixia looks a little bit confused for a moment, but then... Uh, well, Mirthrin, I guess you would feel it because you are a Betazoid. Um, mm -hmm. You feel whatever Zenixia's telepathic uh, abilities are, you've gotten a sense for them at this point. Yep. Um, and Zenixia kind of skims your mind for a moment and then replies, uh, uh, as far as I'm aware, we should be able to do it in a node. Yeah, there's no reason. It might almost be easier since there's already a weakness in subspace. A subspace and fluidic space, as far as we know, don't directly interact with each other. So uh, Padilla uh, actually politely coughs and chimes in and says, um, Sirs, I say this with as much respect as possible, but you are aware that Species 8472 lives there, right? They live there yes. in the equivalent of the uh, the Milky Way. We'd be opening a rift into the fluidic space equivalent of the Andromeda Galaxy, probably far enough away from M8472. But it would be making the planet killers the problem of whatever unknown species lives in that area of fluidic space. Mm -hmm. That is my concern as well. Okay. Um, Commander Beckett should be back uh, within the next four hours or so. Uh, at least see if we can run a simulation. Uh, can we make the modifications uh, to the deflector dish with uh, what we have on on the Ophion? Um, and I would rather not dump this problem into someone else's lap, especially if they are already aggressive as species 8472 has 
um, proven itself to be against the Voyager and the Delta Quadrant. I would not want them turning their sights on the Alpha Quadrant as well. One mm. option that we could do, uh, I'm just trying to think of if we rigged up a, a sub, like have a, a communication node to a bunch of high yield explosives around the gate, and had them trigger when something passes through the gate that isn't sending a, a counter mad signal, we could ensure that no one who comes through the gate, uh, who isn't doesn't have the code passcode, would cause the gate to explode, trapping them on the far side of the Andromeda galaxy. That would allow exploration, but any Romulans who tried to get through would seal them, seal it beside, from behind them. And that, it would also potentially seal anyone else that has been, that is in the Andromeda galaxy. Right. It would definitely be a risky proposition, but it would be the best compromise since we'd be able to travel back and forward for a time, but once the situation, it, it would prevent anyone from sneaking through without us being um, knowing. Well, we'll take a look at the fluidic space option and see if it's even viable, and we'll get back to you later. Yeah, and for, for all we like, Voyager's experiences with the fluidic space were f less than conclusive. For all we know, uh, Rift's um, fluidic space it does not share a one-to-one -one relationship with our space. And sort of Mertrin sort of clicks off the co the comms and. Sort of puts his head in his hands. <laughs> you know, Star Starfleet, we're meant to be the people who come up with solutions when there aren't any other solutions here, but at this point I'm almost half wishing some alien uh, ship would w w stroll in here, claim this area, and hey, Prime Directive. Problem solved, out of our hands. Yeah, sadly that doesn't really seem to be the case. But, um, with the fluidic idea on the table, um, I'd like to say this would probably be a role for both Locke and Mirthrin, since you are both head of science and head of engineering, respectively. Um, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you two decide who's assisting whom. Um, then again, I'd you... say, um, Mirthrin will be assisting Locke, because this is definitely looking at a theoretical how would this work? Okay. Um, so again, uh, if the following tests are not what you had in mind, feel free to argue for a different one. Um, but I had thought that perhaps a insight plus science would be a good role here for Locke. And uh, respectively, uh, an insight plus engineering for Mirthrin. And the difficulty here is going to be a three. Inside engineering assist. Um, no applicable focuses. And we we'll certainly wouldn't have any applicable focuses. That's uh, one success from Mirthrin. All right, we've got one on the board. Really lucky. Oh, nope. No. Okay. Um, I will give you the opportunity um, if you want to spend your determination to re-roll that. Hmm. That's a good value for that. 
this idea you can't uncross a line. We definitely don't want to risk the Alpha Quadrant. I'll allow it. Um, now, this is something that I'm not 100% sure of in the rules. This might be just kind of an oversight. Um, but as part of the reroll, um, I think you can spend momentum to get a third die if you wanted to. Now, you have to spend that beforehand, I think. The determination just lets you reroll your entire pool. Okay. Good to know. Oh, you know it's worse. Oh, it's worse. Um, we just fluidic space might not be an option. Nope. Uh, idea? You find out that actually fluidic space interacting with subspace does cause a problem. How do I want to say this? So here's what you find out. Uh, working together, uh, Locke. Uh, it was a good point that was brought up that fluidic space may not be one to one with. Uh, the greater part of the galaxy or the universe. Um, there are signs that fluidic space might only be, say, you know, maybe five light years across and that's it. And that rifts just kind of uh, don't really correlate. Uh, like, so if you opened a rift here in Andromeda, you know, it's within this five light year kind of bubble of fluidic space, um, which could be literally. Uh, a mile away from a rift that leads to somewhere in the Milky Way. Um, now, with that said, you are able to determine that you can open up uh, rifts to fluidic space in the subspace node. However, um, it would take you as the Ophion itself, uh, using all three sections in conjunction... It would take you about a month of moving planet killers into these generated interdimensional rifts to get every single chunk and movable ship into fluidic space. Um, obviously, uh, another ship could speed up the process, but I think it probably goes without saying the more people you tell about this gate, the more complicated it gets to keep a secret. Yeah. Hmm. Thinking on the gate itself, what if we could? It it must uh, destabilize, and um, to allow transfer through the was it wherever source the the wormhole's going, and then cause it to reiterate on the far side. If we could destabilize it on the far side, so that the matter is not being fully reintegrated, we could push the planet killers through the gate on this side, and they'd come out the far side as a kind of a fine mist. And then hopefully at that point we could restabilize the gate on the, on the far side and allow back and forth travel. Hmm. I'm inclined to say that's going to be another insight roll from both Mirthrin and Locke. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say the same difficulty is an effect, so it is also a difficulty three. Reason engineering assist. We only have the the one momentum. Two. So two oh, momentum. Actually, no, it was insight engineering. Whoops. Yep. You've so got, gonna, you go ahead. I'm going to spend one momentum then to get an extra die then. Okay. Let 
You need, uh, you need some good rolls here. I believe. Oh, so close. So close. Um, so the good news is you didn't roll a complication. Uh, however, uh, what you're able to determine is that while you could potentially destabilize the subspace portal, you're, there's not enough literature or data on the portal itself about how it works that uh, you're not entirely sure how to re-stabilize the portal. Like, destabilizing it is pretty easy. You uh, shoot uh, what is basically the equivalent of, uh, let me double check, uh, Silithium. Um, Silithium was what the uh, Bajoran wormhole, uh, basically a comet passed by, and uh, it opened up a quote-unquote crack in subspace uh, that kept the wormhole open. Um with enough silithium, uh, or silithium, uh, you could potentially do that here as well, but you have no idea how to counteract the effect. Like, so if if you did this, it, you might strand yourself in the Andromeda Galaxy. Hmm. Which is not desirable. It's significantly riskier. Well, about that point, I think I'm due to give our final report to the captain. <sighs> I was really hoping we'd find something. Okay. Uh, are you, I'm assuming you're going to deliver this in person? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so he sort of gathers up his things and heads up to the captain's office. Okay. Oh, to the office. Uh, or wherever the captain is. I don't know, Captain, where are you? On the bridge or in your office? Considering looking outside on the bridge right now is just staring at planet killers and blackness, I think I'd prefer the... Well, I Can guess... Office be well, on the other yeah, ship? I don't have an office on the battle bridge, so I guess I'm stuck on the bridge. Okay. Uh, where is Mirthrin's token? There's Mirthrin's token. So, uh, an appropriate amount of time later, as all turbo lifts seem to work, uh, Mirthrin, you appear on the bridge. Yeah, sort of comes down, gives a salute, and... Sarvik. Right. I'm judging from the look on your face that you have not slept in about 24 hours, and you, the your report is about as... Um, is about as... Uh, Wholesome as your current picture of health? Captain, I regret to inform you that we have yet to find a satisfactory solution for dealing with the planet killers. Yeah. I always knew it was a long shot. Um, and it... Again, commendations to you and your crew and for Mr. Locke and his science crew for all the work that you've done. I know it's I know it's typical of Starfleet captains to ask the impossible and, and expect results, but on occasion I ask the impossible, and well, turns out it is. But I appreciate you expending every resource available in trying to find a solution. Yeah, and Mirthrin starsly hesitates and then turns back around. Captain, there might still be something we haven't found, like. If we have more time, we might be able to find something. I know. 
I know Merthyrn. Um, you. And he sort of stands there, frustrated and like going to say something, and then stopping himself. Merthyrn, I I set a very I set a very hard timetable, and I and I had very high expectations. I you did your best with the t- with what you had. And no other uh, chief engineer or crew could have done any better. And besides... Permission to speak personally, one-to-one? Of course. Join me in my uh, temporary um, quarters. There must be some Um, sort of... Yeah, Captain's, Captain's been sleeping somewhere. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put you on this map since it's probably the closest to what we've got. Uh, Uh, Quite... Uh, Lieutenant Quackenbush, you have the con. Hi, sir. Very well, sir. Oh, that's right. That's that's Bishop's character. I totally forgot. Uh, where is Mirthrin? There's Mirthrin. All right. So yeah. Also, it's Quackenbush. All right. Uh, so yeah, you guys uh, step into the equivalent of the ready room, which looks very similar to the Alpha section's ready room. Yeah. And as the doors close, Mirthrin sort of. Leans his hands and says, "Captain, please. We don't have to do this. The the Andromeda Galaxy. Something that the Federation might not have ever found in its existence. I mean, I, we haven't even reached a point where we could conceivably explore this galaxy in one lifetime, and now we find a gateway. To, I the Galactic Barrier." is still something that we may never figure out how to overcome. And now, here is a way to bypass it. We, <sighs> Sir, this... I understand. <clears throat> Lieutenant Commander, I do understand. Believe me. I, <clears throat> I cannot wait to see what Beckett's um, crew has discovered out there. And between you and me, I haven't even made my choice. I'm, I'm torn between my duty as a captain to protect the interests of the Federation and the Alpha Quadrant and the Milky Way Galaxy. But as a Starfleet officer who rose up through the science ranks, I want to see each and every star that's out there, even if it goes supernova in my face. <laughs> There's... we The Federation has in its short time compared to other galactic civilizations, has expanded throughout the Alpha Quadrant. We've made friends, enemies, and there's a decent amount of individuals out there who would probably like to see the Federation wiped off the face of the galaxy. And, well, I hope that they don't get their way. Um, does having... Could there be more of those individuals in the Andromeda Galaxy? Probably. But... The potential out there is staggering. We can't even begin to imagine what's out there. And I understand if if I choose to destroy this gateway, and it looks like I'm going to have to if I make that choice, I do hope that you will consider remaining under my uh, command and, and on this ship. And that's one sort of thinks about it for a bit. You know... 
The thing that a lot of people i found have asked themselves over the last year or so is the question, what did the Dominion War turn the Federation into? What did we become at the other end? And now we find ourselves faced with another wormhole. Yes. They're uh, the another. strong proponent for keeping the original wormhole open. If, if Cisco had decided just to destroy that, we wouldn't have had... It would never have happened. Precisely. But at the same time... I wish, I wish I could say keeping the wormhole open had been worth it, but... And he just sort of puts his head in his hands. <sighs> Merthyr? Take the rest of your shift off. Go get some rest. Uh, I will need you at... Uh, once we reconnect with Beckett, we'll head back to the Alpha Quadrant, reconnect with uh, Pinek on the tertiary section, and then there will be one final conference room where we can all express our opinions, divisive as they may be. Whichever way this goes... I'm just afraid of what it will say about the Federation based on what we choose. I've learned a lot recently about fear, Merthrin. A, a decent amount of fear is healthy. Keeps us in check. However, too much fear can paralyze. It can change us and cause us to turn our backs on opportunity. No matter what the, no matter what fear is inside you, just keep it bottled up. Oh, sorry. Wrong phrase. Keep it controlled and make sure that it does not change who you are. Because it's people like you who control who determine the Federation and what Starfleet turns into. Not some five-star admiral bureaucrating from Earth. And after a bit of thought, Merthrin sort of straightens up, gets his professional demeanor back, gives a nod to the captain and a salute. Thank you for your time, sir. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And he turns and leaves. Okay, so one final bit of dialogue here before we switch to Pinex section is uh, the moment Merthrin's gone, there's a flash of light, and Lady Q is uh, sitting on the, uh, I guess it's a bed of some sort, uh, rather than a full-on couch. Uh, she's just sort of sitting on the edge, and uh, she is once again playing chess. And uh, without even looking at the captain, she sort of remarks, Your crew's rather interesting, Captain. I find it interesting that uh, even though you aren't all human, that you act very much like them. It seems to be a common theme among the organic species that grew up in the R section of the world or our section of the galaxy. One might say that it's a proclivity to those preservers that I'm sure you're at least familiar with on some level who oh, seeded indeed. our galaxies, or at least are out the Alpha Quadrant with those of ours. So, as much as I'm not human, I do act like them. Or maybe I should say they act like Trill. <laughs> I'm sort of curious what would happen if I turned all of you into Klingons, but where would be the point and fun in that? I mean, there wouldn't be a single drop of blood wine on board. Uh, we'd probably rampage. 
She thinks about it, like, so her hand hesitates moving a piece for a moment, and then she smiles and puts it down, and she says, maybe another time. And then there's a flash of light, and she disappears again. <laughs> uh, Drat, I wanted to ask her a question, too. Oh, well. Do you say this out loud? I do, too. She reappears. Hi, welcome back. Oh, I'm always listening. What, what is it that you wanted to ask me? I'm very curious what your role is. You mentioned the trial, which previously had been that Q's role as advocate, judge, prosecution, defense. But based on what I've read from the logs, he and Matt, he and another Q decided to elope and have a kid. So now does that take him out of this trial's equation? Are you our new advocate? No, no. Uh, Q will always be the professor and champion of humanity and the humanoid species in the Milky Way. To put it in a way you might understand, I am the Q in charge of the Andromeda Galaxy. Ah. Or at least one of many Q. Interesting. Well, thank you so much, Miss Madam Q, for um, illuminating me on such matters. So does that mean, then, that by expanding into the Andromeda Galaxy, if we choose to expand into the Andromeda Galaxy, that this so-called trial gains a new witness? In a sense, you could call it that. Very well. Either way, um, and it's what I find fascinating, despite those, uh, your, your species' um, ability to navigate time and space and see all of it in ways that a lowly being such as myself can't even begin to comprehend. Do you know which decision I'm going to make? She smiles very knowingly at you. And uh, she moves a, we'll say she moves the king on her chessboard. And it's a very interesting move because even though she's playing against herself, she's put her king into check. Like it's a deliberate move that would be counterintuitive to, uh, say, the black side uh, player. And uh, she kind of points down at the board before her and says, if you understand the move I just make, or I just made, you would know the answer to that question. I just raise an eyebrow and don't say much. Well, I'll let you get back to your deliberations. But don't hesitate to call. It's always fun showing up. And she disappears again. And I just go... I just shake my head, smile slightly to myself, and continue to enter notes into my computer. Alrighty. So we now finally go to the final section of the shift, the gamma section. And, uh, Panek, I believe you too have a log. Mm hmm. First officer's log, stardate 54982.9. It has been four days since the decision was made to engage multi vector assault mode in order to facilitate our efforts in investigating the derelict planet killers. I am in command of the Ophion's tertiary hall currently in station keeping on the homeward side of the wormhole. 
I have ordered that the structure maintaining the stability of the anomaly be steadfastly analyzed for any signs of fluctuation. Lieutenant Shatsu has submitted a report detailing the necessary materials needed to construct a tricobalt torpedo with sufficient yield to collapse the wormhole if, if, cir if circumstance necessitates that course of action. Even though its manufacture constitutes the investment of the majority of this module's allocated materials, I ordered her to proceed. I have also requested that the shuttle Potomac be left with us in order to utilize it in performing tachyon sweeps of the surrounding area to determine if cloaked ships are present. This is in concert with the Ophion monitoring for subspace variances. My vigil as gatekeeper has left me with little to do but ponder our current dilemma. Do we choose the rational, if not a cynical, viewpoint that these objects present too great a liability to galactic stability even in their non-functioning state? Or do we throw caution to the wind and risk it all in the name of scientific advancement and exploration? Were it even within me to experience it, I would not envy the captain his responsibility of making a decision. Not all has been the dour waxing of philosophy. We have received word from Starfleet that the USS Voyager has made it, made it home ahead of its estimated 70-year time frame. I would prefer the Ophion not placed in a similar predicament within the Andromeda Galaxy. And law. Okay, very nice. Uh, so, uh, Panek, uh, besides your uh, gatekeeping uh, watch, as it were, really there's not been a whole lot of action. Uh, of course, you were left with both Sona, Shatsu, and Senior Chief Tin. And uh, at the moment, uh, Shatsu is, I guess you would call it gushing about the return of Voyager. And uh, we start kind of mid-conversation and she says, but imagine what sort of data that they weren't able to transmit to us so far. I mean, the, the sheer impact of such discoveries. I mean, from what I've been able to read, they, they apparently have uh, special sort of holographic technology that lets their EMH walk around. Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't need it here on the Ophion, but uh, can you imagine a a holographic uh, entity or individual uh, able to go wherever they pleased? There's a lot of possibility there. I do not believe Commander Beckett would agree with this. Uh, Beckett hates anything that's even remotely related to a medical hologram. I am far more interested to discover what advancements they've made in their contact with the Borg. I understand a lot of this has been classified. I'll have to talk to Lieutenant Locke about skirting uh, protocol in this regard. Sona kind of turns a little bit and replies, I might be able to perform such activities, sir, if I understand what you are saying. Uh, however, it would not be advised as uh, Starfleet, in my experience, is very tight-lipped when it comes to the Borg in case of a quote-unquote outbreak, as it were. Certainly not something I would attempt, considering our current situation. Speaking of which, sir, um, if I may speak frankly. Proceed. Well, uh, I find the crews and perhaps the senior staff at large, I find the dilemma that you all are in uh, 
utterly fascinating. Uh, obviously, as an android, I do not have emotions that can come into play here. But I've observed that the final decision that might be made here will be... She searches for a word for a moment and says... Heavily played by one's emotions, particularly the captain's. What these the cho decisions and choices that he'll have to make will have far-reaching repercussions uh, that have the entire nature of uh, the galactic landscape weigh on your very word, no doubt, uh, weighs heavily on him. Hmm. Well, sir, uh, my only other observation is that, to put it bluntly, I believe there is only one logical choice, as you might phrase it. What conclusion have you come to, Lieutenant? Uh, based on the simulations I have personally run uh, during my downtime, uh, my positronic brain has come up with the uh, probability that if the gate is not destroyed or otherwise uh, disabled, that the probability of Romulans or other such, uh, shall we say, non-desirable actors uh, encountering the subspace node on this side of uh, the Sabine Expanse. Uh, my estimates indicate that discovery will take place within several months, if not a year. Lieutenant, I find that when it comes to simulations and probability, not everything goes according to the, the waveform that you've generated. And when it comes to logic, uh, your premise can be true and your reasoning is valid, but your conclusions can be paradoxical. Hmm. Well, I will keep that in mind for any future simulations that I run, sir. What is our current status? Uh, Shatsu taps her console and says, uh, we've got about 15 minutes, sir, before we're uh, expecting the rest of the Ophion. And, uh, oh, hold on. Uh, her voice gets rather serious for a moment. And uh, you hear her uh, tapping away at a bit more frantic pace. And uh, before you really need to ask what's going on, she says, um, sir, I've detected something. It might just be a sensor ghost, but, well, to put it bluntly, uh, there was an indication of some tachyon radiation uh, that our shuttlecraft uh, detected. Now, this, this could just be stray radiation, might be a sensor ghost, or it could be a cloaked vessel, sir. I'm, I'm not really able to determine. We're not going to take any chances, Lieutenant. Bring us the yellow alert, and then alert the Potomac to uh, perform a secondary sweep of the area. Aye, sir. Um, so the way we're going to handle this scan um, is uh, I'm just going to have one of you, uh, whoever wants to do it, uh, I want you to roll me 2d20, just like normal. And uh, based on your successes, I may reveal some information. I'll do that. Okay. 
But I'm also going to say to Sona, uh, Lieutenant Sona, bring us about into a defensive position in front of the wormhole. Aye, sir. Um, so as uh, Sona moves the uh, gamma section of the ship, uh, Shatsu works in conjunction with whoever is piloting the Potomac, and everything that they've scanned and rescanned in the immediate area where this reading took place uh, would indicate that this was just a happenstance blip. There are no further indications of a cloaked vessel. Uh, order the Potomac to resume its patrol its, uh, its patrol route, uh, but maintain yellow alert status. Aye, sir. All right, so, uh, Pinek, is there anything else you want to do with the crew of the Gamma section, or can we skip ahead to all the sections reuniting? Uh, I guess, it, has she completed her work on the Tricobol torpedo? Yes, it is ready to go. All right, then uh, we can skip ahead. Okay. Um, so if I understand uh, what the captain wanted to do, you wanted to reunite, reunite the Ophion on the Alpha, or not the Alpha, well, yeah, the Alpha Quadrant side of the portal. That's correct. Okay. So uh, the way this will work is, uh, obviously, uh, the Alpha section uh, returns to the subspace node, uh, reunites with Beta section, and then that combined section comes through the wormhole, and, uh, well, it's a subspace portal, not a wormhole, um, comes through the subspace portal, and then reunites with Gamma section. And uh, once that's done, uh, obviously the crew begins to return to their normal stations and their, uh, their normal crew quarters, etc., etc. And uh, I'm going to put us on the bridge for this, um, just to give you guys an opportunity to do uh, any last-minute bits of RP before, obviously, the major uh, meeting. I see. Commander, Lieutenant Commander, welcome back. It is agreeable to see you again, Captain. A pleasure as always, Mr. Panek. What, what, uh, what are your findings of your investigations of the Andromeda side? Well, um, we'll be having a conference within an hour. Um, Beckett can go over the details there, but suffice it to say, we're pretty much looking at... It's impossible to destroy the planet killers, and it's impossible to turn the gateway off and on again. So, one way or the other, the gateway is going to have to, the gateway will either be destroyed or left open, and I don't see any other immediate options. Uh, if it's all right with you, I'd like to uh, to um, return to my quarters for a brief period of meditation before the senior staff meeting, Captain. Of course. Dismissed. All right. Uh, and, anything and I else? Sit, I, I sit down in my chair and go, wow, Beckett's far taller than I am. Ugh, let's just reorgan. I hate it when other people sit in my chair. I have to reorganize the whole thing. Oh, uh, one thing uh, that Beckett uh, has reminded me. Um, before we do uh, the next thing that he just whispered me. Um, so, Captain, when you go to check your ready room and your quarters, you see that Beckett has very kindly left you uh, a few chilled beers of uh, his own brew in each room. 
I wonder if this would be considered bribery or a gift. Either way, I shall enjoy them later. Okay. And who the heck decided to redecorate my room? <laughs> Although it is a nice ship. Nice ship, nice stars. Oh, dear. All right. Uh, so, Panek, you wanted to stop by the holodeck. Um, I know I have a holodeck map here somewhere. There it is. All right. I've got to put you temporarily on one map as I scroll over. Uh, the holodeck. Uh, not Lotus. I need Panek. So, Panek, you go to the holodeck. What is it you wish to accomplish? Uh, I'd like to call up the EMH. Okay. Uh, so, well, the Klingon EMH or the original EMH? I'd like to overwrite the Klingon with the backup I made. Okay. Kind of return it to normal. Okay. Yeah, you do so. Uh, the normal EMH activates and says, please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'd like to make a copy of this. And then program it to appear in Beckett's quarters the next time he enters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want um, to kind of like live there, kind of like he's like this. He's he's under the understanding that this is his quarters, so he kind of, you know, meanders around. Maybe he reads a book at the table or something. Oh dear, I feel so bad for Beckett, but this is happening. Um, okay, uh, let's do a, uh, how do I want to flavor this? Um, how would you feel about a, uh, a daring plus security to basically the way I'm flavoring it is this is how well you cover your tracks. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. And, uh, the difficulty here will be a two. Okay, uh, so Panek, to your knowledge, you've covered your tracks well. All right, then I'll uh, I'll save the program and then uh, head back to my quarters to meditate for a bit before the staff meeting. Okay. Uh, anyone else have uh, any bits of RP before the meeting? Mm, nope. Most of Mithrans is going to happen after whatever the decision is. Okay. Lock Beckett. Hmm. No, I think I'm good. Okay. Um, I not RP, but uh, I will spend the time before the uh, small conference sitting in the duck, uh, not drinking actual alcohol, but uh, drinking a cup of coffee, just staring out at the stars. Okay. Noted. All right. Uh, in that case, we will move to the senior staff meeting. And uh, for this, uh, Shatsu will be present at the very minimum because she is your chief of security. Uh, I will let you determine whether or not Sona is there. I don't see any reason why not. Okay. All right. Sounds like Sona will be here then. She's probably going to be involved in positioning the ship to shut down the gate if that happens. Um, the other thing of note is that once everyone is seated, there is a flash of light and Q does take the far seat and, uh, she just kind of waves to everyone and, uh, pulls out from literally out of thin air, pulls out a bucket of popcorn and begins eating very quietly. 
You know, that doesn't even surprise me anymore. <laughs> anyway, this is your meeting. I'm going to let you guys run it. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, welcome back to a fully combined Ophian. Uh, first of all, I'm sure we're all very interested to hear what Mr. Beckett and Gamma Shift have found on their brief foray into the Andromeda Galaxy. Uh, it would help if I wasn't muted. Um, <laughs> well, Captain, we've uh, uh, Gamma Shift has taken to calling the system outside of the subspace node uh, the Gold System. Um, I'm, I'm guessing because they are thinking of it as the hidden treasure. Um, we've discovered that the, uh, the system is a binary system. The stars are, the two stars of this binary system are just immense. Um, they seem to be fairly young, um, by cosmic standards, I would say. Um, and, uh, and seem to be pretty much identical. Um, neither one really being too far older or younger than the other. That's very peculiar given that most binary star systems happen when two star systems or two suns get too close to one another. Uh, that would be correct. Interesting discovery. Um, any sign of life there, sentient or not? Um, unfortunately, no. Uh, no sign whatsoever. Um, mostly the only other uh, thing of note was uh, our sensor and science officer uh, found a uh, Class Y planet that he found intriguing, but um, given the time crunch... I, I chose to more study the stars and what kind of radiation and how old they were instead of studying planets. That's wise. I mean, if we destroy... Th if the gateway stays open, we can come back. Someone can come back in a month to look at it. If not, uh, maybe 12 million years or so. True. Um, other than that, um, there really wasn't um, other than the, the kind of uh, oddly large size of the stars and the planets, there really wasn't anything else on the other side. Well, at least the ancient race picked a good place to dump their used weaponry. Well, no one... if you're going to dump your garbage, you're going to put it somewhere um, uh, inconspicuous. Yes, if only they shut the gateway behind them, they we wouldn't be have to, we wouldn't even have to be at this discussion right now. Oh well. <clears throat> if only they could have been that considerate. Uh, Mr. Pinek, uh, any interesting activities on this side of the uh, gateway? Our four days here were primarily unvaried, Captain. However, at one point. The Potomac detected a tachyon anomaly that we were unable to monitor a second time. Uh, considering our uh, proximity to Romulan territory, I would not chalk this up to coincidence. Nor would I. Um, 
let's uh, keep a, let's keep full tachyon sweeps uh, engaged while we're w remaining here, and we'll keep the shuttles out and about while doing so. I will make it so, Captain. Thank you. Uh, Lieutenant Shatsu has also uh, submitted a detailed report uh, of a tricobalt torpedo with with that is capable of uh, destabilizing the wormhole should you find it nece uh, necessary. I've had ordered her to construct it. She has uh, reported that it has been manufactured and awaits your use. Wonderful. Ah, well, I guess that means that the decisions one way or the other will be final. Uh, th thank you for the initiative, Shatsu. Of course, sir. Uh, Mirthrin and Locke, care to give us a brief rundown of all everything that's tried and probably hasn't worked? the last few days? So Merthrin sort of rather glumly just gets a data pad, taps on a few things, and then just indicates the screen at the back, and it just starts going up a list of everything they've tried and that's been written off as not viable. It's, we just don't have the time to build a quantum slip seat drive to displace it. We don't have time to build a transwarp corridor to displace them to subspace. Fluidic space isn't an option. Destabilizing the wormhole will just uh, potentially destabilize it permanently. Well, I've already given him and his crew, or him and his team, the commendations, but I'll extend the same to the science team. Um, Lieutenant Locke, commendations to you and the science team for ex expending all efforts, even if nothing came of them. <clears throat> We've tried everything we can to think of the way to getting rid of the planet killers. Their energy doesn't work. Uh, corrosive acids don't seem to have any effect. Throwing them into suns is just a stopgap. Hmm. These things are made to be non-destructible, and they certainly are. I imagine yes. if uh, if they could be easily destroyed, the the craters wouldn't have thrown them halfway across the um, halfway across the universe in another galaxy, just to keep them um, out of the way. And even that seemed to have been a stopgap. If I may, Captain. Of course. On the history of my world, if the scientific minds behind the discovery of atomic power were to be shown the barbaric acts that uh, would be committed with their discovery, they may not necessarily have continued with their research and abandoned it altogether. But it was these acts of barbarism that led to the unification of my people. Uh, I do not think we should be so ready to conclude that uh, we are not ready for the mature responsibility of what is over the next horizon. Uh, and that as explorers, we should embrace this. Well spoken, Commander. I'm surprised that seems to be a differing opinion than when I last saw you. I've had much time to uh, reconcile my thoughts on the matter. Yes, I suspect many of us have. Um, before we before we um, turn the co this conference into an argument, where there will be many arguments for and against this decision. I'd like to just quickly go around and get each of my officers' thoughts on the matter. 
Uh, thank you, Commander Pinek, for yours. Uh, Commander Beckett? Well, my outlook has not changed. We, It is my opinion that we should destroy this gate. We should inform Starfleet of what we found on the other side and inform them of this location, but we should destroy the gate. The Even the threat of someone else getting a hold of one of these weapons, to me anyways, is enough to not let anyone of any kind have them. And as DxO has stated, on my world, the engineers who created atomic energy did so to stop what they perceived to be a greater loss of life. I, however, <laughs> feel that we should have never had them in the first place. And I don't think that anyone, including Starfleet, should have access to these weapons or the ability to recreate these weapons. And I feel that the, the negative of this discovery outweighs the positive of being able to visit this other galaxy whenever we want. Well spoken. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Merthyn? This gateway is everything that Starfleet's meant to be about. This represents exploration and discovery the likes of which we could never even hope and I'm afraid that if we close this door we are letting our fear kill our curiosity I say the positives outweigh the negatives understood Mr. Locke, you've been rather quiet about this whole gateway. Um, keep it open, sh shut it down. Uh, what is your unique background provide for insight? My unique background yeah, leaves me conflicted, unfortunately. Uh, I know that my former superiors would push very strongly to seize and take hold of the planet killers if so we could learn to use them and not use them offensively, but use them defensively for the sake of protecting the Federation. But, which is, thinking like that is one of the reasons I, I left that particular division and joined the Ophion. There are certain lines that should not be crossed, and when you have the power, it is, and the authority to use such a great weapon, it almost certainly find excuses to use it. So while I would so as much as I want to explore that side of the galaxy, I know that the temptation to use this power to take control of this power is too great, and I, I, I'm less afraid of what will happen if the Romulans or Klingons get a hold of the planet killers as much as I'm afraid of 
will happen if we get a hold of the planet killers and what that will do to us. Because even if they're just sitting there, and even if we manage to secure this location and the Romulans and Klingons never go through the gateway, we will still be able to study them and learn their secrets, and they'll be there whenever an emergency happens. And when we and when we there an instance does come where it seems like we could use a planet killer, well, almost certainly will, and the loss of life will be beyond measure. So I think for the sake of what the Federation represents and what the Federation us to represent, we need to close it. Well reasoned. Considering the gusto you were you went at analyzing everything, I honestly expected you to go to go the other way, but I appreciate you speaking your mind. Uh, Lieutenant Shatsu. Well, sir, uh, speaking frankly, as we all seem to be doing, uh, I believe we should keep the wormhole open. Uh, my understanding of the situation, even though I was not a part of the beta section and uh, the research that was undertaken by Locke, Merthrin, and their staff, uh, is that scanning a planet killer is extremely difficult, if not outright impossible. I do not believe that without a increased or otherwise novel way of scanning through neutronium is discovered that anyone whether it be us the romulans the klingons hell even the cardassians um i don't think anyone will be able to discern anything of use from these derelict planet killers uh it's also my belief as a security officer that even though that these are derelicts that perhaps we should do a little bit of housekeeping if we decide to leave this portal open. And by that I mean we should consolidate the planet killers in a tight area rather than leave them just sort of floating haphazardly within the node. Uh, that way, should we down the line uh, discover something like the fluidic space method, which personally I'm not entirely convinced could be off the table, uh, but obviously I'm no scientist. Um, basically, if there's any opportunity down the road to get rid of these planet killers en masse, uh, it'd be better to have them in one spot. But uh, as you have probably gathered, my vote is to keep the portal open. Uh, if we do, in fact, consolidate these planet killers, Captain, uh, we could then mine the area using uh, designs generated on Deep Space Nine for replicating mines. Now there's an idea. I'll add that to my list of considerations. Uh, Lieutenant Sona. Sona is quiet for a moment, and then in a voice which for an android would sound the same, but you are able to determine because you've been with her for months that she's having trouble finding the words to adequately express herself. And whether or not this is just due to the situation or if this is due to uh, her limits of programming, you're not really sure. But in any event, uh, she replies, In my observation, it is human nature to want to explore the unknown. And that nature extends to most other species in the Alpha and Beta Quadrants. However, 
with these weapons in play. There is great risk, but with great risk comes great rewards. Personally, I am unable to determine whether the logical course of action is to leave the portal open or to close it. I understand the arguments for both, and on Panek's suggestion, I have run several other simulations, but my vote is that we let someone else make this decision. This may be perhaps above our pay grade. Very well. Well, Q, since you have decided to join this meeting, even if you had meant to be a passive observer, if you have anything left to say, now would be the time. Hmm. Well, I think I spoke about this with the captain before, but uh, for the rest of you, let's just say that should you go one way, you might be seeing a lot more of me. But should you go the other who knows? But do keep in mind that this is a test. It's not a test that you can fail, but it is a test nonetheless. Very well. Well, I thank you all for bringing all of your differing viewpoints to my attention and speaking with me frankly. Beckett, thank you so much for even the cursory evaluation of the, sec the space beyond the subspace null. Panek, thank you for keeping the home fires burning and making sure that we have a safe place to come home to. I won't lie, I'm still in the midst of coming to a decision on my own. And there are obviously arguments for both for keeping the gateway open and closing it. Tomorrow morning at 0800 hours, I will make my decision on the bridge. I'd like all of you to be there. I intend to make the decision ship-wide uh, ship so that everyone hears it simultaneously uh, so that words are not minced and um, everyone can understand uh, the decision-making behind it. Is there anything else? If the ship with we are indeed, um, if there is indeed a cloak Romulan ship nearby, sir, it uh, might be in our best interest to position ourselves directly in front of the aperture. That way the ship will have to pass by us who access the other side. And Good idea. And be better positioned to scan if it does open. Good idea. Uh, make that happen once you get back to your post, Sona. Aye, sir. If there's nothing else, dismissed. All right. So, uh, everyone uh, files out. And I'm curious, who's the last one left in the room? Might actually uh, be me. No, I, I was going oh. to say I was going to sit at the table. Okay. okay. Oh, Don, I was going to do that as well. <laughs> okay, so I guess the question is, who is not leaving? Or no, who is leaving? Sorry. Um, I think, no, uh, no, I think, I think Mithrin, Mithrin would leave. Okay. So Sona's obviously going to leave. Mirthrin would leave. Locke's going uh, right to his station. Yeah. Locke's going to his uh, station. Skull's going to his ready room. Okay, Skull's going to the ready room. I'll go to the bridge. Okay. That leaves uh, Shatsu and Beckett and Q, I believe. <laughs> 
So Satchu just kind of looks questioningly at uh, Commander Beckett and uh, says, Did you have something, sir? No. Uh, not really. Just, uh... Just feeling the weight, I guess is a good way of saying it. I think we, uh, I think all of us are feeling the weight of this upcoming decision. I think it's even worse that uh, when these kind of decisions are made when you're not the one that makes them. So hmm. you just well, have to plead your case and live with someone else's decision. But that's why we joined Starfleet, right? That's why I did, yeah. I know it's obnoxious to say, but besides it being all I've known, I joined Starfleet to help people, not put them in greater risk. That's why this, I guess, uh, affects me as much as it does. That's understandable. And were I in your shoes, I would feel probably similarly. Um, I won't try and convince you otherwise, as I can see your mind is mostly made up. But I will say that sometimes a decision that is negative to begin with can turn into a positive in the future. Um, Beckett will kind of swivel in his chair to, to look at Shatsu um, face to face and say and kind of give a little shrug and mm -hmm. say I uh, I guess that's all I can hope for indeed well I best be getting back to my station sir uh, she stands, nods and uh, walks out of the room and that just leaves Beckett and Q Again, Q's not really saying anything. She's just kind of almost nonchalantly kind of looking at her talons and then up at Beckett and then back at her talons. Almost as if she's waiting to see if Beckett says anything to her. After, after kind of a long period, Beckett will take a very deep breath. You know, I know this is not... This is probably not what I should be doing, but... I envy you. I believe it or not, I've heard that sentiment many times, but please do elaborate. I do love hearing it. <laughs> I envy the fact that when you make up your mind, that I'm sure there is not many people who can dissuade you from what you want to do. More or less accurate. I also envy you. Do you have the ability to, even if someone doesn't like your decision, to do what you want? And I envy the fact that you have the ability to help anyone and everyone. And he'll stand and start walking towards the door. Right. But I guess I, res I guess I resent the fact that you don't. So right before you walk out, uh, she says one final thing. And she says, 
You know, I expected such a sentiment from the only human member of the senior staff. I think you will come to know, or at least your species will in due time, that there are reasons we don't interfere. And then before you can say anything else, flash a light and she's gone. Um, Beckett will kind of nod and, well, knowing you can still hear me, I'll remind you that there's always one monkey wrench in every plan. And unfortunately, most times, that monkey wrench is the human condition. And he'll walk out the door. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to put us on the bridge, um, but I did want to give the opportunity for anyone to do any sort of RP before we skip ahead to the next morning and the captain makes his decision. Nope. Pretty much all the RP that's going to happen will depend on what the decision is. All right. So Beckett and Mirthrin will be on the bridge uh, as requested. Um, yeah, so it sounds like we can skip ahead. So yeah, uh, 0800 rolls around and all of the senior staff is present on the bridge. And uh, the quote-unquote clock alarm goes off and Shatsu says, Sir, it's time. Yes, it is. Madam Q, I know you're out there. Would you care to attend? There's a flashlight, and she appears over nearby uh, Senior Chief Tin, uh, and she's sitting in uh, a chair that's very similar to the handout. Uh, so it's a very high-backed black and red chair. Um, and she just, you know, nods, kind of crosses her legs and her arms, and just waits to see what you say. Computer, open shipwide. Yep, there's a beep, and uh, the comms are open. Attention, all crew. This is Captain Barton Skull. I know that these last few days have been trying for many of you, and I commend those of you who have spent all of your efforts in what may have been the impossible. By now, you are all familiar with the dilemma we face. I can tell that most of you have accessed the logs of the original USS Enterprise and have seen what one of these things can do if left unchecked. If we destroy the Gateway, we guarantee the safety of the Federation and the entire Milky Way galaxy. But what about the Andromeda Galaxy? If we turn our back on the situation, then we leave these weapons pointed at a galaxy that is probably ignorant of them and their danger. We also have an entire new galaxy to explore, even if the first few steps are dangerous. This has been a very divisive issue, and everywhere I go I see discussions about the ramification of this choice. However, much of the discussions boil down to opportunity versus caution. This has not been an easy decision, and not even the senior staff is in full accord. However, I keep checking back to the Starfleet's mandates, and mandate number two is to boldly go. There are risks, and th those risks can be overcome. In fact, Kirk successfully stopped one of, th one of these once, and I have no doubt that Starfleet can do it again. In keeping with this mandate, I cannot in good conscience destroy this gateway. The benefits of, of the gateway cannot be measured by one ship and crew, and I refuse to turn my back at such possibilities, 
even if there are immediate dangers. As captain of the USS Ophion, it is my decision to leave this gateway intact. It is also my decision to, at this time, classify all records of this discovery until Starfleet can make a full decision as to this gateway's future. So there is a... Well, do you cut off the comms immediately as you finish, or...? Um, I'll let it... Dead, I'll dead air it for about four seconds and then cut communication. Okay. So the bridge is absolutely silent. And I think it's probably safe for me to assume that everyone is kind of looking at the captain and is about to say something that is on their minds. Uh, not not Merthrin, but... Uh... Okay. Now, I know that, I know that many of you... We'll have objections. Uh, you may note them in your logs or bring them to me personally in my red room after we leave the subspace uh, null. In the meantime, uh, Mr. Locke, if you could please uh, create uh, three probes, uh, set, set them to uh, continuous tachyon scanning, and try to embed them in the gateway's infrastructure. I want to know if any cloaked vessels go through between now and whenever we, we return. Aye, sir. I'll get to work on that. Uh, once once those are deployed, um, Ms. Sona, set, set a course out of here and back to Deep Space Daedalus. I have a suspicion that Admiral Thessio is going to want a full dress down of this in person, since I have just deemed it classified. Um, uh, work with department heads to ensure that everything about this is properly classified. I don't want any letters home saying that we were in the Andromeda Galaxy. Uh, once we emerge from the subspace null, I'd like to deploy a warning buoy at its, outs at its outskirts. Uh, warning of a time dilation. While we thought we were only in there for four days, turned out we were in there for a week. Um, if we can discourage casual interlopers from using this subspace null to try to... That would be a good... I believe that would be a good ob obfuscation technique. Chat's Captain, and, oh, go ahead. Um, I am going to turn to Beckett and Pinek. Um, I know that there have been concerns about weaponization of what lies beyond this portal. Rest assured, everyone on this bridge has my word as captain that as long as I remain in a position of authority on this vessel or any vessel hereafter... If I hear of any potential weaponization of these planet killers, I will come back and I will destroy this portal myself and face whatever whatever disciplinary action Starfleet deems necessary. So before uh, any of you can chip in, there is a bit of laughter from Q, and it's not a derisive laugh. It's the kind of laugh that someone who was not like so to to, to, to eh, words hard. Um, it's the laugh of someone who had almost little to no expectation, and is of someone who is greatly impressed. And uh, she finishes laughing, and she says, "You know, I didn't think you had it in you." But I can see maybe why uh, Q does like visiting you Starfleet people a whole lot. You have interesting convictions. And I think I've already said this once, but I'll say it again. 
you'll be seeing a lot more of me in the future. And then she disappears in a flash of light. And I think that's about the point Mirthran gives Shatsu a big hug. Okay. <laughs> so Shatsu is... Out of, the, out, of sheer, out of sheer excitement and relief. Okay, so Shatsu is a little bit confused at first, but she gingerly returns the hug. And, uh, as, and then you know, after a few seconds, he remembers himself and sort of... <clears throat> My apologies, Lieutenant. It's fine. Um, sir, uh... uh Sorry if I'm interrupting the conversation, but uh, the uh, probes you wish to send out uh, and the warning buoy, uh, did you want them encoded in any sort of fashion? And for the records of the portal and the Andromeda galaxy, oh did God. you have a specific classification level? Uh, classification level eight for the moment. Starfleet may, of course, overrule at their discretion, but that is what I'm setting it as. Hi, sir. Captain. Yes, Panek. As long as we are taking such preliminary actions uh, to safeguard the uh, wanton discovery of this anomaly, uh, I suggest that we also set down the uh, foundation of mines around the wormhole just to deter... If anyone else decides to explore this temporal distortion, that sounds like a very good idea. Uh, let's just make sure that we don't forget how to disarm them. Uh, well, I don't think calm. That would be... <laughs> it's a uh, while this is all going on, lock quietly transfers control of the tactical console to his, mm -hmm. like you're wanting to do. What are you trying Has to do? Has it for a couple seconds, looks at the captain, sighs, and then transfers it, cancels out. Okay. Um, and goes back to work on the probes. I'm going to say Ooh. Shatsu will have noticed this exchange, and she'll look very questioningly over at Locke, but since you transferred it back, uh, she chooses not to say anything. But you get the sense that Shatsu knows. Beckett? With the lull in the conversation, uh, Beckett will say, uh, at a firm Standing at attention. Captain Skull. Yes, Mr. Beckett. Are we dismissed? You are dismissed. And with parade ground precision, he will spin on his heel, walk to the turbo lift, and announce to the turbo lift, sick bay. Okay. And wait for it to close, and then head back down to sick bay. Understood. Alright, uh, Mirthrin, uh, I'm assuming at some point you might do the same for engineering? Yep. Um, I knew doesn't really need to ask permission to leave, but he's... Actually, you know what? This is the sort of thing where protocol would go out of the way in, in favor of good storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, he'll just say, uh, Captain, permission to go work on long-term solutions, safe disposal of the planet killers? Absolutely. And he heads off with a bit of a spring in his step. Understood. All right. Um, so what we're going to do here, because uh, this is a perfect breaking uh, uh, spot, um, we're going to take a five to ten minute break. And when we come back, we will resolve any bits of traveling RP between point A and Daedalus Station. And then we'll, we'll continue the session, see where things go. Uh, so everyone, I'll be back in five to ten minutes. Whew, that got intense. Okay, I am back. Thank you, Sterling. Uh, it's always good to hear. Alrighty. Ah, today's been a little bit more manageable than the last couple of days. It's been 79%. Uh, here, it has been literally all the, over the place. Like, last night was 20 degrees Fahrenheit, but today was like 68 during the day. So, it's like uh, spring. It's been... Spring. Oh, it's been pretty consistently about 28 degrees at 90% humidity for the last four or five days. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's got to the stage where I spend a decent amount of each afternoon just taking a cold, not not a lukewarm shower, a cold shower just to keep the temperature regulated. I mean, quick math in my head. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not fun. 28 centigrade is not fun. Yep. Oh, that's like at the temp- oh. that's at the temperature where the butter stays permanently soft. Yeah, it's, yeah. we've had a couple of days that were that kind of range over the past summer, and it's just not fun. Especially if you don't have like some good insulation in the house, just everything gets warm. And you just like sit around in your underwear, going, "Ah, kill me!" <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, this this one it's a case of I mean the insulation isn't terrible but the ventilation is like you have to basically open 
both doors to get any kind of pull through of air. And I would go and buy a, myself a standing fan, but the car's in the shop getting the warrant of fitness done. Yeah, last year, this past summer, we, uh, we splurged and got new windows for my house. I mean, kind of like the double pane, really nice insulation stuff. And it was surprising how much a difference that made Ooh. over the summer. Just like, it was a really hot summer. And I was able to actually go around the main floor rather than lurking in the basement without, like, melting. <laughs> I'm back. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. Alright, so who else uh, back at this point? I know Captain uh, is, Mirthrin and Locke is. I just heard Panek. I think Beckett's still on his way. That or he's muted. He's creating skull effigies to stab. <laughs> I, get, I get the feeling that I should enjoy these last few bottles of beer because they'll probably be the last I wouldn't make any emergency visits to a sickbay anytime soon I think Beckett's enough of a professional to, to keep things uh, from bleeding over then again, I don't know, I'm not playing the character alright, well whenever Beckett gets back we will resume So we tried out the character sheets here on Roll20, the official ones? Um, I have looked at them, and while they do make some things easier, like you can adjust on the fly the complication range, um, there's a lot more sheet work that you have to do. Like the macros we use on the sheet currently, like they ask like how many die, uh, applicable focus, etc., etc. On the official sheets... All that is on the sheet itself, and you have to set it before the roll. I can see how that slow things on, though. Yeah. All right, well, uh, get back in another couple of minutes here, and then we'll start without him if he's not back yet. I'm back. Okay, he's back right on time. Nice. Welcome back. All right, so get rid of the big BRB. All right, so I feel like because Beckett might have some sort of conversation with Farah, would you have something in mind if I cut to sickbay, Beckett? Uh, I don't. Okay. Um, I just thought there, there might be some residual, but that's okay. Um, in that case, um, the time span between... Uh, where you are now, Pandora's Gate, as I think we'll just officially call it Pandora's Gate, um, between Pandora's Gate and Deep Space Daedalus is a five to six day journey at maximum warp. Um, so my first question is, do you go at maximum warp? And depending on the question, I'll may ask another. Um, I don't really want to make it seem like we're running to there at high speed that would indicate that the nebula is of some importance or the null is of some importance mm -hmm. so I think I think a healthy warp 7 would be good we could go off at an angle towards a different destination for a bit first for a day and then from that ang from there 
um, head to the Daedalus. So it looks like we found something elsewhere. Okay. Um, yeah. If I remember my warp speed properly, that would mean your tra travel time will be two to three weeks. Um, I'd so rather get there sooner. Yeah, I was say, if you wanted to get there sooner, you could accelerate, but, you know. Um, I would like to do something before we go. Okay. Since we have to launch the three probes that are going to be doing a, kind of a tachyon sweep by the gate. Mm-hmm. Before we actually launch those, I'd want to customize them to also emit kind of a temporal radiation signature. So anyone got to it kind of in a much more scattered direction than the focused tachyon beams. So anyone that got close would get the impression of time displacement. Very nice. Um, Interesting. Works with the beacon, so. I'm going to just spot. let this, well, <laughs> let, let, let's make this a roll. Um, That's what We'll make it a uh, a moment a uh, challenge zero, so free momentum. Um, how do you feel about a control plus science? Sure. Okay. Control science, uh, gadgeteering focus. I'll allow it. All right, so you guys get a momentum. So yeah, Locke, you have zero problems uh, making the modifications that you just described. Do we all lay down the mines? That that's another good question. Do you start laying down mines? Yeah, yeah. Go for Do it. We have enough supplies for that, or would like burn up all our photon supplies. Oh yes, that is a a good point. Um, because uh. And we should note this for future reference in case it becomes a point of order. Um, the tricobalt device that Shatsu made pretty much wiped out the gamma section stores. And it would uh, take you the rest of the stores on the ship to mine the subspace portal. Well, if we're heading right back to the Deadless, I mean, we can resupply there. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure if Prometheus has it, but uh, on the deck plans of a Galaxy class, they have a anti-matter generator to make anti-matter warheads for their photons and stuff. Let me take a gander here. I can't imagine they don't have it. Uh... Yeah, but a Galaxy's a bigger ship. I mean, they've got space for that. It's probably also a much slower process. Right. Um, I am seeing something that would be close to that. It's on the very bottom deck. But yeah, you guys have one. But yeah. Um, how do I want to handle the mining? Uh, hmm. Let's just say the mining happens. Um, and if in the future we need to determine how well, then we'll figure it out then. Um, so yeah, you, you set up the, the probes, you set up the mines, uh, anything else before you start heading back? Uh, we put up a no Romulans allowed sign. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll write it in Klingon. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> a little backwards <laughs> It just says no patah allowed. <laughs> If you have to ask if you are a Patak or not, then you are indeed a Patak. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so with all that handled, um, 
you, yeah, you guys have two to three weeks to have conversations, to do bits of RP, and uh, I'm going to start at the bottom of Discord, and we'll work our way up. Uh, so, Mr. Locke, uh, what would you like to accomplish, if anything, during this travel time? Oof, I really should have thought about that during the break. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just keep futzing and playing around with like tinkering things. He's... He's trying to calm his mind. He's feeling a little unnerved of the idea of the planet killers and what the Federation might do with that. So he's just going to try to lose himself in work. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, are you tinkering with any specific sort of project? I think as before, I was trying to uh, integrate a like the small Type One phaser into a tricorder, so you could always be like armed mm-hmm. while scanning. Interesting. Like, hollow out the medical part and put a phaser in there instead. That is interesting. Um, I know there's rules for this somewhere. Yes, it's under research. Um, so if I read these rules correctly, um, something like this would very vaguely fall as a sort of gated challenge. And at the end of every session... Yeah, end of every session that it's relevant, uh, you make a roll, and that will determine your progress towards accomplishing this task. Um, So for this task, uh, I would say this would maybe be a either a control or a daring, probably more daring uh, engineering, because it's not so much science as it is you're trying to, you know, engineer. Uh, this weaponized tricorder. Unless you have a good argument otherwise. No, it's a... Uh, I'll take daring engineering. I'm not very good at it, but it's... Okay. Uh, I'm going to make the difficulty here a th- three. Yeah, let's make it a three for the time being. It's not going to go well for me, but... You also do have a momentum if you wanted extra die. No. Nope. Okay. So... We'll say that uh, you're not making a whole lot of progress. Uh, the good news is is uh, you have enough time and materials that you can just keep trying. But for this particular session, you make no progress. Uh, you're, you're having trouble fitting in an adequate enough power pack uh, that either wouldn't you know, deplete the entire energy reserves with one shot or one that wouldn't overload the scanners of the tricorder. All right. Uh, anything else, Locke? Nope. I think it's that's that, and I think it might. You'd probably pull like an, some extra shifts. You'd be doing a double shift. Understood. Kind of keep busy and keep focused. All right. Uh, we go to now, Lieutenant Commander Murthrin. Murthrin, right. what you up to? Um, I think he's probably stopping by uh, Jesus' uh, counseling office at some point. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't think I have a map for that, but uh, let's say that happens on the duck. Cool. So let yeah, me... that that would actually work because it's not meant to be a sort of secret private 
confidential sort of deal. All right, so Q is not there. Captain Skull is not there. Uh, I won't fill in every token, but uh, Jisa will be here, and Mirthrin, you can be not that big. Uh, You can be there. All right, yeah, so uh, go ahead. Let's down with a couple of data slates. Yeah, so going going over plans for long-term disposal of the planet killers, it's actually a lot less stressful working on it now that we're not on a time crunch. So uh, Gisa looks up at you as you sit down, and she says, Ah, Lieutenant Commander, to what do I owe the pleasure? Well, oddly enough, the captain's decision triggered an unexpected bout of self-reflection. Go on. Uh, he sort of he pulls out a pad and sort of and sort of spin slides it across the table. Take a look at that. And she picks it up. What does she see? Uh, she sees uh, one of the uh, plans that Murthrin, uh sort of half formed in the pro during the week that they were coming up with, and what it is is it's actually a fairly well advanced plan to essentially tie the captain's hand by contacting the Zavoisie and getting them to stake a claim on this particular section of, of space, thus bringing the Prime Directive into effect and basically, you, know, you can't touch this. Hmm. So Jesus looks over yeah. this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, got as far, I got as far as the logistics of them getting here in time before I just suddenly woke up and realized that I was essentially going to be asking them to put a target on their back for the sake of the entire galaxy. Oh, I, uh, I've only read the reports, but yeah, I, I honestly don't think that would have been a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because really? they're not ready for this kind of responsibility based on what I've read. I agree. It's a measure of how desperate i got though hmm and this disturbs you in some way i'm gathering well it got me thinking and you know i was honestly fully expecting the captain to make the other decision i was so prepared for the federation to let me down and it didn't And it's weird, and I found that that surprised me. I've had similar insights in conversation with some of the crew, and the general sentiment that I've been able to determine as counselor is that while some people may disagree with the captain's decision, there is an understanding of his reasoning. Um, so far, I, I haven't determined... Uh, say, a growing mutiny or uh, plans to uh, report the captain or things of that nature. I think over the past several months, we have become a tight-knit enough crew that everyone understands what what happened. They may not like it, perhaps personally, but they understand. I guess ever since the Dominion War ended, I've been afraid of that the Federation would never be able to recover what it lost. And this gives me hope that 
it's not lost. It's still there, and we'll find it again. She just kind of smiles at you. Uh, doesn't say anything, though. And... Oh. Ah, well, one, one second, I've just lost something. Okay. I'm reminded of a quote. If you aren't in over your head, how do you know how tall you are? I might have to use that in one of my counseling sessions. T.S. Eliot, I find he has some nice insight. Even if I don't get his obsession with cats. I don't think anyone does out of character. <laughs> in and out of character. Yeah. Merthrin, maybe. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, any other bits of, uh, RP you wanted to get done, uh, during this travel time, Mirthrin? Nope, I think that was it. Okay. Uh, next we come to Mr. Beckett. So, Beckett, what you doing? Uh-oh, I hear Furious typing. Oh, no, uh, I'm just in the chat. Okay. Uh, no, there was Furious typing, but I was muted. Um... <laughs> I I spend the entire time going between sick bay, the duck, and the still. Okay. I will sleep in sick bay. Okay. I otherwise I am doing everything in my power to stay busy okay i'm not having any idle moments i'm not having uh any downtime i am doing something with a purpose for the entire time that we are traveling okay um i um, would say oh go ahead oh uh i was i was just going to say that um uh it's like Beckett is trying to put other things in his head. Okay. So something similar to what Locke's doing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess you could say busy work, but really everything everything he's doing is to achieve a goal, move on to the next one, achieve a goal, you know, finish running scans, finish running tests, uh, making another batch of beer. He'll go to the duck to... Um, and if he is in the duck, he's effectively staring out the window with a drink in his hand. Mm -hmm. And then right back to work. Okay. Um, I will say that uh, due to Pinek's earlier role, um, at some point during uh, these few weeks, uh, either when uh, someone attempts to find you in your quarters or if you were to poke your head in, or maybe you just get a report, uh, a security report. Uh, you get uh, such a report that says that uh, Lieutenant Commander Panek uh, has attempted to activate the EMH in your quarters, but was unsuccessful. Okay. Um, I will... 
Let's see. Um, I know Mirthrin's good at um, at the hollow projectors. Mm-hmm. Do I know of anybody else on the ship beside that's outside the um, command staff that is good on hollow projector? I think Prague's got one as a specialty. Yeah, Prague. Yeah, is I was thinking Prague was one. Yeah, Prague um, is, and I guess just because Zenixia's in the proximity, Zenixia might be. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go with Zenixia. Okay. Um, and I will. No, no, no. That that would be massively unbecoming. Never mind. We will go with Prague. Okay. I will have uh, Prague. Um, I will ask Prague, not have him. I'm not going to order him, but. Uh, Disable the hollow projectors in my quarters. Understood, sir. I can have that done for you right away. Um, and, but still, I'll, I, I don't go back to my quarters. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Prague reports probably after about all of five to ten minutes that uh, modification is done. There are no more holograms in your quarters. Excellent. And I will thank him and I will drop off alcohol of whatever his choosing is. Well, he's a Tellerite, so he'll take what he can get. Okay, then I will bring him fresh batch of whatever I just made. Excellent. Uh, anything else? Um, no. Okay. Panek, I believe we come round to you. Would Ensign Vara note uh, Beckett's <laughs> Um, behavior? I would say that it gets around that certain people, not just Beckett and not just Locke, are more or less doing the same thing. Um, Those who felt very passionately that uh, the gate should be closed um, are probably, well, as Beckett put it, uh, doing busy work and keeping themselves busy. So it's not just limited to those two. Uh, then I'd like to uh, dole out extra um, recreational time on the the jerry-rigged hollow deck in the shuttle bay. Uh, I thought it was the cargo bay, not the shuttle bay. Uh, whatever. Is it, wherever it is. Okay. Um, I'd also... oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, Sona will, uh, you know, happily run her program that she mentioned before. Um, but obviously the limit of people is probably about two to three people. I'd also like to retire and spend some time in the holodeck reserve for senior staff. Okay. Uh, recreating Lake Huron on Vulcan. Uh, to, and I put on traditional formal Vulcan robes. And I want to uh, perform an herb gathering ritual, and where you gather herbs on Vulcan to prepare tea for Vulcan masters. It's an aspect of the Karyatan. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, who would this master be? Oh, it's just a faceless. It's not not really for the master. It's just to to go through the steps of preparation for the tea, kind of like a kind of my own busy work kind of thing. Understood. Okay. Um, That can all certainly happen. Um, 
how do I put this? Uh, you get somewhere probably about a week in. Uh, you get a request uh, to meet, or for you to meet uh, Gisa and Zenixia in the duck. I'll pause whatever I'm in the middle of and then head, head to the duck. Okay. Uh, let me just move some tokens around real fast. Uh, so she's now down at this table. Well, probably this table. Uh, where's Panek? There's Panek. So Panek, you probably come in about here. And Zenixia. Zenixia is going to be right there. I don't see the map on my screen. Oh, uh, no. I'm, I'm moving tokens before I move it. All right. Now you should see the duck. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, one sec as I check my PMs. Uh, all right, Beckett. I'll do that. Yeah. While as this RP goes on, um, so Panek, uh, you find uh, Gisa and Zenixia. Uh, you see them waiting for you, and once you walk in and your presence is noted, they uh, just kind of wave you over. Uh, I'll walk over and join them. Okay. Uh, so uh, once you're seated, uh, Gisa smiles at you and says. Oh, uh, Lieutenant Commander Panek. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, I believe, given uh, your, well, suggestion that I talked to Zenixia and having done so, I feel it best that uh, she attempt to uh, answer your questions directly. Uh, is Zenixia at all opening this telepathic link with me you get the sense that she is not currently scanning minds no all right Uh, please proceed uh i look forward to understanding more about your physiology well if i understand the primary concern you had uh about whether or not uh, i could become a queen um i certainly possess the ability and there are a few things that would take place should I choose to undergo this. Um, first being that the process would take two weeks. And during those two weeks, I would be unavailable. I would be otherwise in a metamorphic process that cannot be interrupted uh, without severe risk to myself. Kind of like a caterpillar from what I've learned from the uh, Terran system. Uh, you would not want to disturb a caterpillar metamorphizing into a butterfly. Uh, however, uh, this transformation is mostly voluntary. Uh, there are obviously some certain pheromones and chemicals which could induce the transformation, but otherwise I, I am the one in control of when or if it might happen. This is a conscious decision that you can make, that your body can facilitate to prevent such a thing from happening. That is correct. Unfortunately, on a ship of uh, discovery and exploration, we find ourselves in circumstances uh, we do not tend to want to be in. And we may find at one point that something has agitated your uh, biology Enforce this metamorphosis to happen. Uh, if it is all right with you, I'd like you to spend some time with Commander Beckett to synthesize 
these inhibitor pheromones that your body naturally creates and have them stored just in case uh, we find ourselves in a situation where we need to reverse any transformation that would be happening. She thinks for a moment and says, I'm not entirely sure that once the transformation starts, it can be stopped or otherwise reversed, but I would be happy to talk to Beckett about it. While I would not wish to do anything that would bring harm to you, uh, unfortunately, if this metamorphosis were to happen, it would definitely justify, uh, would uh, present a liability to the integrity of the ship as well as uh, your position here. Uh, we may find ourselves returning you back to your uh, native ring installation. She looks very curiously at, at you. And for the briefest moment, you get the sense that she's trying to scan the area like she's missed something that everyone else knows. But I'll leave it up to you whether or not she gets anything from you. Um, I would, maybe she just gets that, uh, that I'm, 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 my duty is to the ship and the crew that are on the ship, and that includes her, but it also includes making sure she doesn't become something that, that jeopardizes the, the rest of the crew as well. Okay. So the, the key thing I was looking for was that last sentence. So she replies, um... I wouldn't quite say that becoming a queen, should it happen, is a liability or would jeopardize the crew. I would simply just have a extreme biological urge to create a new colony. That urge can be controlled. Uh, and from what I've been able to gather about Vulcans is that you suffer the same kind of urge every seven years. I, I honestly don't remember what it was called, though. That is a subject we do not tend to discuss with others. Oh, uh, my apologies. I, I was unaware. No offense taken. Uh, now you know. Uh, this overwhelming urge that you have certainly could be um, inhibited, but even with myself these uh the ritual of the pond far is something that must must be taken uh and completed otherwise lasting mental and physiological damage can happen and even though you can f may find yourself able to resist the urge to create a hive in a queen state we are not completely aware of what effects this would have on you Well, maybe we can cross that bridge if we come to it. Very well. Please keep me, uh, if you should see it, keep me informed of your state. Of course, I'd be happy to. And I'll look over at Lieutenant Justice. That's all. Is, is it all, uh, Lieutenant? Oh, yes, unless you wanted to have an impromptu uh, sort of session right here. Uh, of course, Anixia... She looks over, would be uh, happy to leave us to our, our discussion, but otherwise that was it, Lieutenant Commander. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant, but I would not avail myself of your services at this time. Understood. 
uh, ladies, and then I'll, I'll uh, bow and leave. Okay. Finally, we come to... The, well, is there anything else? No. Okay. Finally, we come to the captain. Captain, what you doing? Um, the captain will spend time on the bridge, of course. Okay. Um, he'll try to do his first few days th- going through the normal routine, going through the duck, visiting people, trying to be social. Um, realize quickly that the ship, the ship's energy is a bit off. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming any interaction between him and Beckett are going to be strictly professional. Okay. Um, at least early on. Um, so halfway through the first week, he's going to retire to his quarters. Um, uh, over the next week or so, he's going to that poster that uh, Beckett left in his quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to duplicate that through acrylic painting. Oh, okay. Um, it takes about a week or so. Um, he'll sign it, um, frame it, uh, deliver it to sick bay when uh, Beckett is not around. Okay. Um, prop it up in Beckett's office with a plaque under the frame that says, to the first Starfleet officer to officially explore the Andromeda galaxy. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, I'm getting an echo uh, from someone. Uh, Mirthrin, uh, you're echoing. Oh, sorry. One second. I think we're good. Yeah, we're done. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you drop off the painting, and uh, Vara... Uh, does uh, kind of a very, I guess you would call it a bow, like a Japanese like half bow, and she says, "I'll I'll make sure he gets that, sir." I don't think he'd miss it, but I please make. Uh, he's given me so much um, in the way of alcohol over the last few, last month. I figured I'd return the favor. Oh, I'm I'm sure he'll enjoy it. Thank you, and please pass on. My, uh, please pass on my well wishes to him. I can certainly do that, sir. And then I'll head out. Okay. Anything else? No, that's pretty much all I've planned. Okay. Then, uh, uh, I'd like, uh, oh, to, sorry, an impromptu meeting in your ready room, Captain. All right. The ready room. Ready room's available. Apparently it has an aquarium. I hadn't planned for there to be an aquarium, but I guess I'll find a fish. Yeah, right now there's just, like, some <laughs> rocks and some coral in there. It's nothing special. No fish. But yeah, uh, you oh. find, uh, Panek, you find Skull in his ready room at some point. Captain, am I uh, interrupting anything? No, if if anything, Mr. Panek, I think I've... I believe I'm falling under the same... Um, condition as the rest of the crew of just trying to make myself look busy until the actual um, un- until we arrive at Deep Space Daedalus. It's a lot to take in. Please, come in. Sit come down. In, sit down. Uh, that is what I wish to discuss, Captain. Uh, as you noted during the council meeting that your decision would have perhaps some uh, consequences amongst the crew and effects uh, we have noted an increase in efficiency, uh, but that itself could be something negative. Uh, people seem to be 
continually throwing themselves into their work in order to distract themselves from the enormity of the decision that was made. It's not... Um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, it's Honestly, it's not surprising. Well, we, we as a ship have just made the most monumental discovery since um, our respective species broke the warp barrier. Uh, it's a lot to take in, and I understand there's a lot of people out there who aren't, who don't agree with my decision, even though most of them, I think, understand how, why I made it. But I'm hoping when we reach Deep Space Daedalus every, and the crew gets some shore leave on the new station that things will start returning to normal. Um, but in the meantime, um, see if uh, Sona is interested in working with uh, engineering and the hollow experts to turn Cargo Bay 4 into that uh, re resort retreat simulation. Uh, our character, I yeah. think she already has. Has she? Okay. Yeah. Did she? Oh, my apologies. I must have missed that. That's okay. All right. Um, considering how we are, all is more or less going, um, ah, considering how the ship is running rather efficiently, perhaps lessening the, uh, giving crew a little more R&R &R time between shifts might be a, a good idea. I don't see us running into any unexplored phenomenon or uh, or I hope not uh, decloaking Romulan warbirds between here and DSD. Uh, that is a suggestion I have already had in mind and, and dispersed to the department heads. Once again, you're thinking way ahead. You're thinking two days in advance of what I am. If uh, it, if I weren't, if I didn't think you were from the future, I would have a Department of Temporal Investigations come and investigate you. <laughs> Thank you for that, Captain. Uh, while I do not begrudge people their methods of dealing with this situation, and certainly do not complain about the increase in efficiency, uh, I do not want our crew to be find themselves burned out. Uh, Particularly, reports have come to me of uh, Commander Beckett's attitude. Uh, yes, I'm... Somewhat harder than the others. I'm about to deliver him a gift which I hope will ease his uh, moods a little bit. Hopefully yeah. that will help. And if not, then I'll go see him in person. Please let me know uh, how that goes. Uh, crew efficiency is very important to me. It's important to us all. Thank you, Captain. Uh, that is all I have. Very well. Dismissed. Hi, Captain. And I'll return to the bridge. Okay. Uh, one last thing before we get to DSD. I'm just out of curiosity. Uh, Beckett, how do you find the painting? I find it charming. Uh, no, uh, on a more serious note, I, um, I smile, um, and, uh, to be honest, it, it does kind of break, break Beckett out of his little bit of a slump. Okay. Um, and, uh, after, the night after he finds it, he will be the first night that he spends in his quarters. Okay. Good to know. But he does leave the painting in, uh, in his office in sickbay. Okay. Very good. All right. So, 
After the several-week journey, you finally arrive at Deep Space Daedalus, and I can put you on this map as I read my blurb. So, uh, Deep Space Daedalus is really coming to its own since you last saw it. Uh, it truly looks like a functional deep space station, uh, one capable of defending the Federation's claim to the uh, Takan Stellar uh, transporter system. Uh, there's no sign of the construction convoy, and the next supply convoy isn't due for another two weeks, so it's literally just you guys on the Ophion and the station. Uh, as you approach the station, you receive a hail, audio only. And uh, it is a chipper, uh, female ensign, and she says, uh, Welcome to Deep Space Daedalus, Ophion. You're cleared to dock at Upper Pad 2. Uh, on behalf of all of us here, welcome home. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Ensign. Um, if you could please schedule an face-to-face -face appointment with Admiral Thessio at his earliest convenience, I would greatly appreciate it. Actually, he's expecting you post-haste in his office. Well, leave it to Cations. They do love their punctuality. I'll be over as soon as we dock. Hi, sir. I'll pass that along. Shall I accompany you, Captain, or shall I take control of the ship and uh, begin staggering uh, the crew for shore leave? Uh, prepare shore leave. Um, prepare shore leave for as much of the crew as possible. Uh, that includes yourself. All right, Captain. I will also put in requisition orders to replace our, uh, replenish our uh, replicator stocks. Fantastic. I will see all of you. Well, I will. If I return, I look. I look forward to my return. If I do not return, I've been flushed out of an airlock, and I guess command of the ship will be yours. I won't say anything. But <laughs> <laughs> inward, inside. Oh dear. All right. So uh, yeah, the Ophion uh, docks with the station, and uh, as uh, many airline pilots like to say, you are now free to move about the cabin. Um, but we do have uh, the scene with Thesso uh, to to deal with. So. Uh, Maybe think, uh, as we do the scene, what your characters might do uh, during shore leave. But otherwise, let's cut to... Where is that? There it is. All right. So, uh, Skull, you make a... Yeah, it's the best Cation portion I could find. Um, you make a beeline to uh, Rear Admiral Thesso's uh, office. And it happens to be at the heart of the station at uh, on deck one. And uh, you, you know, kind of hit the door calm and uh, Thesso says, enter. And, you know, the door opens to permit you entrance. Uh, enter all formal-like, um, standard attention. Captain Barton Skull reporting, sir. Please have a seat. Thank you, sir. Now, uh, I understand that there is a heavily classified matter that necessitates a face-to-face -face discussion. Uh, could you enlighten me, please? Yes, sir. I pull out a pad full of all the gory technical details, slide it through. Uh, suffice to say, sir, Ophion has just discovered a wormhole into the Andromeda galaxy. He raises an eyebrow, picks up the pad, and begins scrolling through it. 
And after probably about a minute of scrolling, he says, I see. And if I understand what I'm reading here, there are planet killers on the other side of this node. Dead planet killers, sir. Um, judging from assuming what uh, Madam Q told us was accurate, the race that used them in the war more or less pulled their nuclear cords or nuclear cores or whatever their whatever's powering them and left their husks where they were hopefully not to be discovered again. Hmm. I disagree with one uh, conclusion that you've come to. And out of character, if I'm wrong on this, feel free to correct me. Mm -hmm. um, Thessa continues to say, I'm not entirely convinced that this was an instance of the planet killer creators getting rid of their constructions. I think this was more a matter of someone fighting the planet killers and then making sure that they were dumped somewhere, quote unquote, safe. I had considered that option as well, sir. Um, Madam Q was rather vague as to where they showed up, but it does make sense that if the victims of the planet killers never wanted to see them again, or worse, or better yet, make sure that they could not be used again, then they w would have deactivated them and thrown them away. Hmm. Well... For what it's worth, Captain, I personally agree that the risk of anything involving the planet killers falling into the wrong hands yeah. is most certainly worth it if it means the Andromeda Galaxy can be explored. Uh, however, uh, as much as I would love to send you back immediately uh, so that you can be, uh, to put it bluntly, a another pathfinding vessel and lead of our operations in Starfleet in the area, there is a developing situation with the Romulans that will need to be handled. Now, obviously, I will talk to Starfleet Command and see what they think of this situation, but I think what I can do is I will have the USS Defiant uh, travel out here immediately, and we will station the Defiant on... Uh, gatekeeping uh, ability of the subspace node and hopefully that will deter or otherwise allow us to detect anyone who might find the node defiant interesting um as a note sir that's not in the uh official record if i may of course um it's my recommendation, sir, that given the whole's proximity to us, the Romulans, the Cardassians, and the Klingons, I would I believe that we try to use whatever goodwill is left between us and the Romulans after the Dominion War and organize some joint explorations into the Andromeda Galaxy. Um, I've also given my vow as captain that if I come across evidence that the, these we these are being investigated or reactivated or reweaponized that I would strongly recommend that I would strongly um, recommend taking action to destroy the gateway I don't want those things in the alpha quadrant sir I'm in agreement with you here captain uh, of course I tell you that in confidence so don't go spreading that around uh, but do be aware that while I may agree with you there are probably will be at least one or more individuals within Starfleet Command that will think differently. Of course, sir. I'm 
it's not the our federation is not a dictatorship rather a meeting of minds and everyone is allowed their own opinion indeed now on to a more personal matter since we've gotten that out of the way how are you liking your XO? I know initially your log suggested that you were having trouble with him, but recent ones have not. Uh, how are you liking him so far? Initially, there was communication differences, of course. Um, I, While being given um, the ability to choose my own crew, and then just from what I... My interpretation was having an XO thrown at me caused me... A little bit of defensiveness. I admit that Mr. Panek has stepped up, and we have learned from each other's communication styles, and I believe that we are complementing one another quite well. It's good to hear. I yep. always like to make sure that the captains and their XO under my purview are getting along. Uh, there is... Now, oh, go ahead. Well, now, sorry, sir, what was this about the Romulans? As I said, it's a developing situation. Uh, there will be a formal briefing uh, shortly, uh, and I will let you know uh, when and who you may bring to this briefing. Very well, sir. Well, if that's all, Captain, you are dismissed. Thank you, sir. And thank you for not flushing me out of an airlock. That was one of my greatest fears. We're not Klingons. But I'll take the idea under advisement. And he winks at you. <laughs> I make an overly theatrical grimace as I turn and head out the office. Okay. So, uh, there is going to be another time skip here. Um, more specifically, um, the time skip will be to Stardate 55000.2. So, it's about another two to three weeks of the Ophion getting shore leave... Uh, doing anything on the station, things of that nature. Um, so prior to the briefing, is there anything anyone wants to accomplish? Um, I don't think it's specific. I mean, Mertron's main project at the moment is long-term solutions for the planet kill. Okay. No, I think Skull's just going to take it easy and try to socialize with the crew on the on and while on r and r okay uh next just gonna work on crew cohesiveness run run battle drills uh take the yofion out on some patrol of the station area those kind of things okay uh pen or lock beckett um i will uh Send off the uh, log that I uh, I gave to you. Yep. Um, restock the Ophion with all of the supplies needed for sickbay. Um, meet with the uh, quarks or whatever of this station about uh, uh, selling some of the alcohol or having it. Mm -hmm. Um and pretty much just day-to-day -day operations. Okay. Um, being civil, professional with everybody, but still kind of kind of being the same way he is, though not as bad. Okay. 
Um, I will say that after your discussion with the uh, equivalent of the quarks of the station, uh, that Rear Admiral Thessa will put in a direct personal request to Beckett for a commemorative case of the first liquor from the Alpha Quadrant, or from the Andromeda Galaxy. That will absolutely happen. Okay. Uh, I think that just leaves Locke. Locke, what you doing, if anything? Locke's going to make sure that the copies of the star charts are fairly well archived and copied into the Deep Space Analysis computer systems. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we managed to transfer it all or just some of it, but I want to make sure all our data is backed up here and so other spaceships, other uh, vessels can check out the places we couldn't. Okay. I'm going to put in a call to Beckett and see if he wants to have kind of a, um, a drink to calm things down and just chat since he seems to be moody as well. I don't know, Beckett. Miserate together. Misery Absolutely. loves company. Uh, Beckett, you get such a communique. Do you meet on the duck? Do you meet on the station's lounge? How do you how do you react? Um, I'll offer to uh, um, uh, I'll absolutely accept, but um, maybe on the station's lounge, um, uh, kind of to coincide with delivery of the commemorative case to the rear admiral. Okay. I'm going to put us on the duck map since it's really the only bar I have prepared. So we'll just have to use a little bit of our imagination as well. I love that there's a duck. Oh, well, there had to be. It was requested. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you two meet up for drinks and I'll let you guys RP. Um, I'll, I'll slide uh, a drink over to, uh, to Locke. As uh, as it comes in. Thank you, sir. So, um, I noticed I'm sorry. Go. uh, I was gonna say I noticed I'm not the only one who uh, seems to be in this little rut. Yes, at times of this, I'm a little envious of the human ability to uh, get drunk. It takes a significant amount of alcohol to intoxicate a Volian. Um, in my younger days, I, uh, I'd probably answer with challenge accepted. Um, I, I understand. I, I've been trying not to get myself to that point. Um, times like these, I, I tend to work myself to the bone more than, um, revel in libations, or lack of a better term. It's, uh, I'm a little scared, for lack of a better word here. I mean, I I saw some horrible things during the war, which seemed necessary at the time. It's because there was a war on, and we were fighting for survival, and then too little changed afterwards, when we did have peace. And there were still the, the, uh, the machines of war grinding away, and I'm a little terrified of what we could do with a planet killer. Uh, as am I. I mean, I've, I, I've been to the museum. I mean, we, we all saw what one of these things is up close. Um, it's not the fact that they're not currently active. It's the fact of, what if? What if somebody 
gets one working? What if somebody does what we couldn't do and gets one back through that gate? Or even if just someone manages to get the the technology of its weapons and straps it to a constitution class or galaxy class. Yeah. I mean, I know from um, what you said, your background's a little bit closer to than, I, than mine, but I remember speaking with my parents about the Defiant having a cloaking device. And the fact that my my father wouldn't even talk to me about it. He he just simply wanted to believe that it didn't exist. That in his time, only the bad guys hid like that. We showed up in big, shiny, you know, examples of, I don't know, goodness, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But, you know, it it broke him. I mean, he retired shortly after that became kind of public knowledge, or at least in Starfleet it did. Um, I mean, and that's that's just a cloaking device. That's not a weapon that could legitimately destroy planets. Or biological warfare. I've, have I've heard whispers that that was used a little bit during the Dominion War. I don't want to believe that the Federation would do so, but... I mean, I've seen some evidence. Yeah, neither do I. Um, I, uh... That's... That's not something that you would think that this institution would would carry out. I mean, we all do... We all come up with things during wartime to end the war quicker. But... Still. It's not... It's not right to me. It's uh, I will support the captain though. He's he's earned my trust. I, it's it's it terrifies me a little bit, but I hope uh, I hope he did the right thing, and I'm I'll, I'll back his play. Kind of nodding slowly, taking a drink. That's that's all we can do. I'm not I'm not going to go against my captain, but I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that my voice is heard and his. I don't know, second officer, whatever you want to call me. I'll continue to be a sounding board. I'll continue to give my opinion, but I really think he missed the mark on this one. Time will tell. This will be one of those moments where history books either look down on us favorably or um, wonder what we were thinking. Either way, we go down in history. (laughs) There is that. I'd rather have it be for good terms than being the ones that discovered weapons of massive destruction and let somebody well, else uh, have them. Well, here's the history. Raises glass. And uh, Beckett will clink glasses with him. Here's the history. So, Commander, uh, what's your first name, actually, Commander? I don't think I, I'm aware um, my first name is Commander. Uh, no, <laughs> All right. My my first name is Michael. Michael. All right. I, we, we are off duty. Uh, I think I'll stick with Beckett. Cheers, Beckett. Cheers, Locke. And he'll tank glasses again. Nice. 
All right, that, that's a good scene. I like that scene. It's very nice. Uh, anything else anyone else wants to do before the briefing? Not I. I'm good. Okay. I don't really have a map for the briefing room, so I'm just going to put us back on Daedalus, and we'll use our, our theater of the mind. Uh, so, uh, Stardate uh, 55000.2 rolls around, and uh, Rear Admiral Thesso has called in Captain Skull, and any members of the senior staff that Skull particularly deems to be necessary for a briefing about the developing Romulan situation. So, who would you bring along, Captain? Uh, that would be Mr. Locke and Mr. Panek, I believe. Okay. Let me just throw some tokens on this map so I've got everyone who's there. All right, so Panek, Captain, and Locke. Okay. Uh, so you guys go to what is a briefing room. Maybe it's a converted classroom. You're really not sure. Uh, and uh, it's just you three and the rear admiral in the briefing. And once the door is closed, uh, Thesso says, uh, Thank you all for coming. Uh, if you would direct your attention to the view screen, please. And uh, the view screen shows, uh, initially shows a uh, zoomed out uh, sort of picture of what looks to be some form of crystal. And Thesso explains, uh, on Stardate 54900.7, Starfleet Intelligence was able to tag a package of trilithium leaving Romulus. Uh, for those unaware, uh, trilithium is a synthetic compound that is an explosive of tremendous power. Uh, it also acts as an inhibitor of nuclear reactions, including those within the interior of stars. Uh, hitting a sun with trilithium would result in a quantum implosion. Uh, the resulting shockwave would destroy everything within the star's system. And this was attempted in the past by the Dominion, uh, of the Bajor Sun. Luckily it was thwarted, uh, but in this case, well, let me continue on. Uh, so the image of the crystal changes to a picture of, uh, well, basically the map you guys have now. And uh, Thesso says, uh, while Starfleet Intelligence wasn't able to track the trilithium during all parts of its journey, uh, it was able to determine that it had reached the Semperia sector sometime around Stardate 54950. Uh, and all was quiet uh, until just a few days ago on Stardate 54990. Uh, the sun in the system known as Groyan uh, went dark, and the nearest Klingon vessel to the area was able to get a scan that indicated a quantum implosion has occurred, as Groyan is a system that is literally a stone's throw away from the border between Klingon and Romulan space, Tensions are rather high at the moment. Thus, uh, in keeping with your original mission, as you set out into the Expanse, I'm hereby ordering uh, the Ophion and her crew to investigate and defuse this situation. You are to do everything in your power to keep this powder keg from igniting a war. Uh, are there any questions, comments, concerns? You may speak freely. Where did the... Um... How did the, uh, sorry, um, 
Are we aware of the Romulans having trilithium manufacturing ability? It is Starfleet's intelligence understanding that this trilithium is the quote-unquote first batch of their successful synthetic process. Uh, in the past, they were uh, they faced some difficulty in constructing it, but uh, if I understand where you might be going with this, Captain, I wouldn't be too worried about them making more. Not for the immediate future. Very well. Um, the system with uh, the sun that went dark, were there any records of civilians or settlements in the system? No, thankfully the system was uninhabited and only had uh, several Class D planetoids. So more than likely this was a testing ground. That would be what we think is happening, yes. A no very doubt. public... Sorry, a very public show of force. Indeed. Just no doubt with invisible range of the DMZ, they wanted this to be seen, which is an, an odd overt move to display your uh, new weapon in front of your uh, enemies. Very confident about something. If they had wished it to be kept secret, no doubt they would have done it deeper in Romulan space. It would, uh, it would cut out having to transport the trilithium all the way to the Sempera sector. Alternatively, they might have needed to destroy the star for some other reason. Indeed. I don't know what the bad benefits of destroying a star are. Could this be a distraction? Uh, the Romulans have been known to play double bluffs, and a distraction so close to Klingon space, and Federation space for that matter, would have our attentions focused in on this particular area while possibly diverting attention from elsewhere? I find, Captain, when it comes to trying to guess uh, the bluffs of Romulans, that it's bluffs all the way down. Just like turtles. Yes, I'm in agreement. I believe our next course of action, Captain, would be, with the Admiral's permission, to uh, set out for the system to collect more data and uh, establish a dialogue about this with the Romulans themselves. Agreed. Um, do we have um, information on how the Trilithium was moved? Was it Do we know if it was primarily through Romulan Navy, or did they use civilians in an attempt to keep the transport hidden? Uh, mostly through the uh, standard supply shipments, is my understanding. Uh, however, there were instances where, obviously, we lost track of the trilithium that uh, was taken by a vessel under cloak. Hmm. Are we aware of the quantity of the trilithium being transported? Indeed. Uh, we believe that they can... If they are using it indeed to implode stars, they can do so to another two stars before they would run out of trilithium. Mm, that is uh, disconcerting considering the visibility of their first uh, use of the weapon. It may imply a speedy uh, secondary strike uh, in, an in another system. Indeed. Do we have any information on where the Romans could be striking? Unfortunately, this was kind of a out-of-left-field uh, strike. We're just as much in the dark as you are. Uh, considering its use... Sorry, you go ahead, Kevin. Considering how frequently the Romulan government seems to change hands, 
Um, has there been any, or has Starfleet Intelligence been made aware of anything going on in the Romulan Senate? Nothing that would indicate that they are considering war. Very well. Sorry, Panek, you were going to say? Uh, the location uh, of their first attack implies uh, if they were to keep with the time frame of a speedy second strike, that it will be somewhere within the uh, Defera section, uh, sector, if not against the Starfleet target somewhere along the DMZ. Are, are, what are the military, uh, the relevant military installations that we are aware of in, on the Klingon side that would be constitute a target? Well, there is a shipyard uh, that is relatively nearby, that uh, the Grion system. There's also a Klingon starbase in a, another neighboring system. Honestly, come to think of it, uh, there's quite a few targets of opportunity. Needle in a haystack. Was there anything special about the star they destroyed? Anything different? No, it was a uh, standard soul-like sun. Uh, nothing really that makes it stand out, or at least not in the reports I received. Very well. Um, then I would follow uh, Panek's recommendation. Locks two. First of all, we need to survey the system that went dark and compare what's left of it to what we knew of it and go from there. Well, uh, oh, are we aware of how much of the of the Klingons have been made uh, privy to? We have not shared this information with the Klingons yet. I leave it to your discretion if you choose to inform them. No doubt, Captain, we will run into a few Klingons making their own investigations into this incident. Yes, and most likely a few Romulans that are interested in dil further diluting the evidence. Which reminds me, um, Admiral, you may, you may remember from our logs how before the first convoy went underway, the Ophion suffered or was the target of a Romulan terrorist attack? I am familiar with the incident, yes. Perhaps we should turn the captured uh, Romulan shuttle over to Deep Space Daedalus for the duration of this mission. Um, last thing I want is to further sour Romulan relations with the Federation with them finding a captured Romulan shuttle in our shuttle bay. Understood. Uh, would you like a specific shuttle to replace it? We do have one Argo shuttle that you could take. That would... I wasn't aware that the Argo shuttle had been cleared for um, fleet use. It hasn't, I've... but uh, given the nature of the system we're in and the research that's going on, we managed to snag one from Utopia Planitia. I think we could make use of that if you're willing to offer it to us, Admiral. I'd rather it see some use than to sit sort of uh, unused on one of our pads. Works for me. All right. Well, unless there's anything else, gentlemen, you are dismissed. Godspeed and good luck. Thank you, sir.
All right. So uh, this obviously is how we're going to bookend the session. This is where we will draw to a close. And next session, we will begin a probably a smaller arc uh, compared to this last one. Uh, dealing with your secondary mission uh, that was initially outlined when you guys set out. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll play it by ear. Uh, but for those of you watching, uh, both live and on YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, players stick around, but uh, for those watching, uh, I will see you next week. Thanks, and bye-bye.